Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Now what I'm supposed to do. I'm only half the man that I was. I'll never last because my better half is up there with you. You knew what you was doing when you made us. So with all due respect, you couldn't forget. Wall up, dog. Uh, there's no real... Easy intro for this one, fella. Um, first of all, you know, to our listeners and our fans and the hockey world out there, um, the love and support that they've showed Broadway, Jimmy Hayes, throughout the whole thing. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for the patience throughout this whole process for us. Um, it hasn't been easy, up dog. And um, here we are today, back in here, you know, with the Broadway jersey hanging, uh, Bar Mexico. As he would have loved it right there, but um, just a lot of love for Scoopsy over the last three weeks, hey brother, two weeks? Yeah, you're right, Obes. Um, we're in the studio, we got our man looking over us, there's no question Broadway Jimmy Hayes is here with us today. Um, he's been here with everyone lately, I think. Um, it's been a rough couple of weeks, there's no way to describe this, um, there's no answers for what uh, we've all been living through. Um, you know, for the for the family, for for the close friends, for his boys, Kristen. Um, there's been no real. There's been a lot of questions and no answers, Obi. Um, I remember, you know, the morning, and uh, I'm shaking saying this, but uh, it doesn't ever seem real when things like this happen. And um, you know, for us, we've been on this little journey post hockey. Uh, you a little longer than me and Jimmy, um, but we came. <sighs> But we came here together. Um, you put this group together, missing curfew. You, uh, I'm happy to say that Jimmy was your first overall pick, <laughs> actually. Um, that questions my scouting ability maybe a bit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to be a scout anytime soon. But <laughs> so, so, Jimmy, you were number one pick, um, and you said yes, and you were into this journey, although... Obi will be the first one to tell you we didn't really know what we were doing. <laughs> Our captain Connolly at the time uh, gave us the platform to use with Action Park Media, um, and uh, shit, we drove up to LA every day for six months. We called you in on on Skype. You're always ready. I think your wife Kristen will tell you that uh, she's been looking through some of those notes that you made, and Obi and I knew that you were doing a hell of a job with the notes, and you were prepared every week. You were the first one. Uh, you're always on time. 
which is probably <laughs> he uh, wasn't always on time, wasn't he? Which is probably something <laughs> I, I definitely didn't teach that in, in <laughs> hockey. I was I was the last guy on the bus most days. I was I definitely wasn't the first one on the ice with you. Uh, you were probably out there working on that snapshot. Um, so anyway, you know this team was built on uh, on being glue guys, and Obi, you can you can attest that. Uh, yeah, you know, Jimmy Hayes. You might not have known this going in, but I think you do now. Um, the ultimate, the ultimate glue guy, uh, which is why this thing just doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem like we're, um, it doesn't seem like we're we're living reality when we're sitting in a studio or we're flying to Boston for for your service. That was absolutely incredible. Um, what Kevin, what Kevin did as your brother stepping up and, uh, witnessing his strength, witnessing his, his love for you, witnessing how much you meant to him as an older brother, um, was something I, I, as an older brother, boy, it was really hard. Um, your brother's a champ, bro, and Kevin, you're listening, bro. Um, Jimmy thought the world of you. He uh, he said it to us every day on his podcast. Fuck, he took the flyers down the stretch more than anyone. <laughs> Even when we told him not to take the fucking flyers, he was still taking them. Um, which just provides, like, the, the whole... J- Jimmy Scoops was a guy that everyone loved. He He treated everyone with respect. He was a guy that... From the day I met him, November 13th, 2013, I have the date written down because it was the first time he he got traded to our team. I looked at this kid and I thought, you know, this kid comes from Boston. I know a lot of Boston guys that are great guys that are funny as fuck. (laughs) Um, He's a family guy. I think Kevin Sr. came in to watch us play. It couldn't have been the first week. Kevin Sr., walking around the room, walking around the, the concourse after games, like, you know, like he was assistant GM. He should have actually been the GM. He had so much to say about the game and about about the way, you know, way we played and evaluating the game. You could always tell he was a great hockey dad, a great dad, um, loving dad. Um, I knew he'd be a little brother. So, um, so this journey with Jimmy, which started back then, and we'll never end because he'll always be with us. Is uh, is just something I'm I'm happy to say that, you know, I I found a little brother on a hockey team that enjoyed life, lived every day like it was the last, treated everyone with respect, had a smile on his face always, even when things weren't going well. <laughs> He'd love to go on the on the road with the boys, oh, which we saw. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> that's all he, he loved his family all these things all these boxes that jimmy hayes checked off is something that you know us as as friends and from for the people and listeners that we have that listen to jimmy speak for the last year on our podcast or has listened to him youtube channel spitting chicklets has had him on and he's done incredible stuff with with those boys um you started to feel like he was well, either a one of your buddies or one of your brothers or one of your teammates and i'm glad that this platform allowed us to to share that with some some people and um i hope it showed his comedic side <laughs> i hope it showed his, his hockey side 
And now more than ever, I'm happy that it got to show just how good of a dad he was, how good of a teammate he was, how good of a brother he was, and how good of a son and husband he was, because he was great at them all. And uh, I'm just going to dive into this because it's something that's on my head, but when I was in junior obes, and I haven't told you this, but when I was in junior hockey, I was playing in Kamloops. I had an assistant coach was trying to mentor me at the time, I think. <laughs> uh, Bernie Pym is his name. I'm throwing this out there if you're listening, Bernie. He told me, how do you want to be remembered up dog, basically? I was 19. I just got sent back to junior from, from playing in Kamloops and I had a lot of young kids on my team that were probably looking up to me and we had a really good team. And, uh, I remember just vividly him just saying, how do you want to be remembered? You know, to your teammates, to your family, your friends, cause you know, one day you're gone and you know, you're going to have someone up there speaking, whether it's your kids or someone. He's like, what will that person get up and say about the type of guy you were about how you treated people, you know, about how you carried yourself and, you know, what value of, of legacy did that, you know, does that make you, you know, how, how you walk around, how you treat people, all this stuff, right? And I don't know if this is making sense, but it kind of does in my head. But what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? And this touched me because I still remember it, so it still touched me. Um, and I just think morally, you know, playing hockey, being who we are, the fact that we have people listening to what we have to say, Ovi. Um, you know, there's there's a role model thing to that. And, you know, not only do you do you leave here, you know, when you're gone by um, by the memories people have of you or, you know, by the stories some people might have or by the goals you have on, on YouTube or, you know, the kids and what you teach them and, and leave behind through that or what your parents want to say about you. But your legacy is left through the people you touch and how those people continue on and change their own lives from this. And Jimmy Hayes, when I think of Jimmy Hayes, after witnessing what we did in Boston, Obi, yeah. which was, which was, you know, three or 4,000 people, 200 cops, a hundred firemen with their, with their ladders and fire trucks, 200 kids with their sticks up walking down, you know, Dorchester Lane, right to, you know, when we went to the burial site. Those people, those people that live on and carry your legacy through how you change their lives. Jimmy Hayes was the first guy to stay after practice and chat with kids. He was the first guy when he got to Boston to go to hospitals with the kids. He always asked questions. He came, the first day he came in, first day Jimmy came into my house, uh, for our first road trip as, as missing curfew when we flew to Tahoe. <laughs> he grabbed my little girl, gave her a big hug. Joked around with her. Said, good thing, you know, you look like your mom, not your dad. <laughs> um, I have a text, too, from Jimmy. Um, the first day I came home with Izzy from the hospital. <sighs> and it just... It just said... Up dog, you're going to be a great father. <sighs> he always knew what to say, which is 
fuck, which is why we had him on the podcast, because he's funny and he knows what to say, and he's a great storyteller. But he always knew how to make people feel good. And fuck, he made me feel good when he said that. Yeah. So how do we carry Jimmy's legacy on, I guess, is the point of this. Because he's touched me, he's touched you, he's touched Al, he's touched Max, he's touched Pinner. Our team here, Princey. Yeah. Um, he's going to, this legacy that he's going to leave <clears> behind, <throat> he'll always be part of the podcast. Every time we get up and speak, every time I go to a hockey game, every time I'm, every time I blow one left off the tee, probably <laughs> into the bush, which is, which probably, isn't very often anymore, by the way. Which is what he'd be doing. Um, Jimmy's legacy is going to be left behind through his kids, through the jokes his brother always has of him, Yandel, mm -hmm. all his teammates that he's ever played with, Frosty. There were so many good guys at that at that funeral, buddy, that weekend in Boston. Um, yeah. It was... So, you know, it's the people that Jimmy's met that will carry on this legacy of 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 you know family, being a quality friend, caring about other people more than yourself, always being on time. <laughs> so many things Jimmy was really, really good at that uh, that I sit here today, Obes, and I share. I, I, I love laughing, and I did so much of it with Jimmy. I had to get this off my chest because it's stuff that's just, you know, you and I have taken a couple weeks to really evaluate how how do we do this and how do we... How do we carry on his legend? How do we thank his his lovely wife for for you know allowing us to steal steal Jimmy every week and him be so prepared for him to jump on the road for us two times, which was supposed to be so much more. Yeah, he wanted to come to Cali <laughs> so bad. He wanted to bring his two boys, Bo and Mac, out here to Cali just to see palm trees, put their feet in the sand here, come into the studio again, laugh with us here. Show Kristen a good time. Take his kids to Disneyland. Like he had so much, he was built on on so much life and so much, you know, just goal setting and and this journey that we've all been on. Ob post hockey is something that it's hard, man. And and Jimmy found his. He was starting to find his role, and that's. Uh, I guess before I start getting into maybe some funny stuff on the on the cat, I'd love for you to. I mean, yeah, I'll be everything you just said is is basically what I have down as well. I mean, you know, I woke up on the Monday morning with a bunch of missed calls and missed calls from you. And, you know, I read your text first and you're like, call me, buddy. So I was like, fuck, I don't know. I, I knew right then that something was bad. And, you know, you told me it was Scoopsy. And, you know, at first I was I was mad. I was like, why? Like, why would why would this happen to him? You know, he's got two little kids, two little boys. He's he's a fun-loving guy. You know, there's I talked to him on the Thursday and you know, all the stuff you just said, I'm like, Casey, like all your hard work for us, buddy. This is the year, man. We're gonna be able to travel because, you know, of the COVID not being as, as strict and we're gonna go to the all-star game and we're gonna do you know, so at first it was really hard. And then, you know, later on that day we had lunch uppy and you know, it just kinda hit me and hit you. And when I saw you, obviously it was even harder and um you know, then we jump on that plane to Boston and I really didn't know what to expect, you know? Um, and I got there and, and obviously all his friends go in and I, you know, I, I, I walk in that wake and I almost had to walk out like the, the amount of love, the flowers, the photos, um, how many people were there? Obviously we got there a little bit later cause we were traveling from the West coast, but 
you know, people waited three hours to go in there and meet the family and the strength of his sister and, and the Kevin and, um, you know, his mom and dad, obviously his wife, Kristen. I mean, it was, you know, it was, it, it blew me away. And then, um, you know, I always knew Boston was a strong city uppie, you know, and obviously what happened years ago on the Boston Marathon, they rallied behind that. And um, just to see, like you said, the Boston PD blocking down intersections and the kids of Dorchester putting their sticks up and um, all the rocks laying outside the, you know, the hall that we had the, you know, after we buried Jimmy. And um, I, I just couldn't believe the amount of love and support and um, how the city really rallies around people when something bad happens. So to the people of Boston and Dorchester, um, good for you guys. Um, it, it blew me away. And I mean, the, the, the impact that Jimmy had on people, like I, I only played with him for a short period of time, as you know, and, um, you know, like you said about his, his, his brother's speech, the way he went up there, like me and you are having a hard time sitting here in a, in a, in a studio where we can take our time. And, and he just goes up there and absolutely kills it. His wife, Kristen, her speech was, I mean, I was standing beside you in the church and, you know, we weren't very, you know, two very strong hockey players then, right? We couldn't believe, like, if you would have told us to go up there and talk, we probably couldn't have done it at that time. For them to do that, um, how many ex-teammates came to Boston, man? Like, at that South, at that bar, local in Southie, like, if a fucking pickup game would have broke out, like, we had tough guys, skilled guys. We we had it all. We had we had so many guys to, that just, that's how much Jimmy meant to them. So, um I was just blown away, man. It was obviously a super emotional weekend. And um, as the two weeks have gone on here, it, it hasn't really got much easier. Um, I, I wasn't really looking forward to uh, um, to coming in here. But like you said, we got to continue the tradition for Broadway. Um, everything you said about this podcast, and, and, that, and that's why, you know, when we started it, Obviously, me and you have been best buddies for a long time. We live in California. We have a great studio here at Hall Pass, but I just thought Jimmy would be a great addition to us, right? Which he was, and um, he just wanted to come out here so bad and, and to be with the boys. And we're like, we're like Broadway, Scoopsy, it's COVID, man. Our course is closed. Like you can't, you can't even come out here and play golf. Like patience, buddy, patience. And he's just such a team guy that um, you know all he wanted to do was was to come out and. Um, you know, I met one of his buddies. Uh, I got it written down here. His name was Paul Carey. Uh, I'm not sure if he was Broadway's roommate at Boston College, but Mac Eller introduced him to him uh, at local there in Southie. And, um, you know, how much um, Mr. Curfew uh, met to Scoopsy was pretty cool. And, um, you know, so obviously it's it's really hard up, dog. Um, but man, he was, he was the best and, and his parents, his mom and dad, uh, he called her big mama, big Kev. Um, she told a great story when we were leaving the hall. <laughs> so she gave me a big hug. She's like, Shane, I know I didn't really know you that well. Um, but Jimmy loves you. Jimmy loved missing curfew and all Scotty come here. He's like every, when Jimmy first went to Florida, every time he'd call home, he'd be like, mom, Scotty Upshaw, this Scotty Upshaw, that finally I was like. Who the fuck is this Scotty Upshaw guy? So, um, the strength that they showed, and to his three sisters, um, I mean, they were strong. They were funny. Um, at the hall, they came over and made me laugh. Um, and to his, yeah, if you think Jimmy's, funny. yeah, his three sisters are hilarious. Um, yeah. So when we were leaving, his sister Genevieve 
um, when me and Uppy were waiting for the for our Uber with flowers, she's like came out and gave us the Jimmy Hayes T-shirts, and then she's like, "Don't worry, guys, I'll still listen to your podcast." So, um, just the love and support from the hockey world to Jimmy. I mean, he touched me. I played for the kid for a month, man, and he touched me. And um, I know Uppy how much he meant to you and how much he looked up to you. And um, you know, we're gonna keep this podcast rolling here. It's not gonna be the same. Um, as much as we try to, th- you know, I think about moving forward, it's hard, but, um, yeah, I mean, the love and support of Boston, Dorchester, thank you for letting us come there and be part of that because up I was blown away by it. Well said, Ovi. Um, yeah, just to touch on, on the family, like Kevin senior, you are the love you've shown your kids, the, the, it's, 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 it's a travesty what what has happened um you can tell the strength you and sheila have provided genevieve aline justine um his brother is kevin is one of the not only the best hockey players going right now because <laughs> yeah. he is he's nasty he i'm super happy that he's going to be in philadelphia this year with his boys yeah Look out for them, by the way. Yeah, I think something special might happen the, there. The Yandel, and I mean, Jimmy Hayes broke the Yandel story, by the way. Scoopsy was broke breaking Yandel. all kinds of stories. So Yans. <laughs> he was just getting going. Yeah, you got, you know, you got Yans, Nate Thompson, and. Atkinson. Our boy Atkinson, who was, our last, kid, who was our last interview, and one of the best interviews. And I just want to, and I told him this, but Jimmy was so fired up the morning of that. Oh. I remember we did our pre-show, and. And Jimmy was, you know, boys, I got Cam coming on and he's fired up. And I remember when Cam came, you know, right on our podcast and he's sitting in his closet and he's got all the, he's got all the colored t-shirts <laughs> around. And as soon as like, as soon as we saw him in there laughing, Jimmy just took the reins, right? And then they both went at it. And that, I'm like, that's just how Jimmy is with his, with everyone he's ever met, his bud, his buddies, like he knows how to give it. And then he makes fun of himself. And oh, it's yeah. like, it's just such a, a great balance of, of you know, being a good guy. That's, that's such a good point by you. And it just brings up a story when um, near the end of the season when he was on a cold streak, right? He couldn't pick a fucking winner to save his life. And I'm like, hazy, Broadway, Scoopsy. I'm like, just embrace it. Embrace it. He's like, oh yeah, fuck it, right? So I'll embrace it. Like he just, you couldn't, even when he, you think he could get down, he was like, found a way to turn it into a positive and make a joke at himself, which shows you how strong he was in his own skin, I guess. And how like, you know, it didn't bother him what really people thought because he knew he was Broadway Jimmy Scoops Hayes. And, like, it rem- it reminds me of another story, Uppy, where I got called up. It seemed like the one year in Florida, I always, always got called up for the good stuff, right? The rookie parties, the fucking... So it's Christmas party. And I'll obviously know Broadway from the start of the season, but we go over to Willie Mitchell's house. We got the onesies we, on. We pre-gamed at my house. We, with the, we, at- with, we started to put the onesies on. We had the girls yeah. over. Yeah. I got the same bully as, uh, same onesie as Bully. And Bully's like, I told you, don't get the fucking blue one. I'm like, ah, fuck, I forgot Bully. So we go to Mitchie's after, you know, hanging out at your pad and fucking Jimmy Scoops is on fire out on the dock, bro. I mean, he is on fire. He's got me and Bowley. I'm in tears. And I remember going to you, like, going to grab a cocktail. I'm like, this guy's a fucking... You get this guy every day <laughs> like this? I'm this, like, yes, I'm I do. Like, this, you get this every day? He's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, does he ever stop? You're like, no, this is Sam. I'm like, what a fucking beauty. Like, it was... It was he had me literally crying. Like, oh, now, I think it's a great time for you to, to jump into our you know, our, our hockey management role that we had to play here at Missing Curfew when, you know, we had a couple meetings on how the show should 
you know, how should we, how should we really fine tune the show moving forward for, for what was probably the playoff time, right? Yeah. So we were getting a little, and I don't know if the listeners out there feel this, but we were internally, we felt like we could do more and uh, we were, yeah. So, so, so Obi, you got to leave. We were trying to give Broadway more of a, more of a role. We felt that like, A, it was hard for him because me and Uppy were in studio and as anyone knows who does this or anything, right? If you're in the same room with someone and having a conversation, it's a lot easier than someone on a Zoom. So, and like Uppy said, we don't really, we still don't really know exactly what we're fucking doing, right? So me and Uppy golfing, we're talking, we're like, you know, how can we build something for Scoopsy here, right? So he comes on NHL Power Play with me and Cools. And if the fucking beauty doesn't pick a parlay, right? So he hits his, and his voice changed when, when he did the interview for the 15 minutes on NHL XM radio, when we brought up gambling or who you're going to pick his, his voice changed. And it like, he was like, he turned into Scoopsy. So me and Uppy talk about it. And we're like, we talked to a hall and we're like, all right, we got this big pitch ready for him. Right. And me and Uppy are nervous. Like we don't want to like upset Broadway or like, but so we do this whole probably 20 minute pitch and. In typical Broadway fashion, he listens, doesn't say anything. Yep, okay, yeah, okay. And after we're like, you got any questions, Scoopsy? Like, what do, you, what do you think of the idea? He's like, yeah, no, no, it's all good. But like, I'm still going to be able to talk hockey with you and Uppy on the podcast, right? I'm like, that's what you got out of all that? I'm like, yes, you're going to be able to. But do you like what we're trying to build for you? He's like, oh, yeah, no, it's great. I'll pick the parlays. But I still get to snap it around with you and Uppy each week, right? Like, that was just his like... I mean, there was a picture when I walked in the in the in the in the um, in the hall in, in Dorchester of Hazy bent over, tying his wheels, but talking at the same time, right? And and we've all done it, right? You're fucking tying your wheels. Oh yeah, up dog, fucking right. What a dinner last night, right? And that picture to me, when I saw it, I was like, that. If there's one picture that I could have on my wall forever, that's Jimmy. That's Jimmy Scoops. Like, remember after the rookie party in Vancouver, he was the guy tying his wheels. He's like. Hey, hey, up dog, up dog, fuck sick shaker, huh? He's like, hey, 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 who was the drunkest guy at that fucking rookie party last night, up dog? And then you're like, O'Brien. <laughs> like he just, I mean, he, you know, he just he 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 lifted up our spirits here. Um, you know, we wanted him to be so much like he was such a big part of the podcast, obviously. Um, you know, yeah. it was just he always wanted to just be with the boys. That's all he ever wanted, you know. Yeah, and he, uh, well, he, fuck, he kind of gets his wish because he's always going to be with us right now. Yeah. You know, he's going to be, I think, for all of us um, who's known Jimmy Hayes, I think, you know, we can leave our, finding answers to the questions. I mean, he's touched me. He's, if, if I could say a few things, like, I'm a, I'm a better dad because of Jimmy Hayes right now. I hug my little girl like it's like she's the the best thing you know on the planet, and uh, you know the the way he's, you know he plays with his kids, and you know Kristen's done an incredible job of of uh, you know helping raise those two boys, and and it's I can't imagine um, you know I can't imagine moving forward um, you know the amount of love and care she's going to get from friends and family, um, but but what I've seen from from Jimmy. You know, being a new dad is a new challenge, Obi. And and one day I hope you get there. And and the excitement Jimmy used to come on the pod, and and you know you'd hear Bo screaming up <laughs> like his his setup downstairs. Oh, man, you could hear some days you're like, 
holy shit, what are the boys doing? Like, what's Bo Diddley doing up there? Is he up there just playing mini sticks and shooting pucks off the off the walls and stuff? Because you could hear it sometimes. And and I hope he was, because that's what Jimmy would have been. I want the time when you're like, hey, Z, move, move your missing curfew over that way a little bit. And like he was trying to get it all dialed in down in his butt. Yeah, move the nice bottles <laughs> over in the background. Like, hey, Z, put the good balls of tequila over there by your fucking picture. So. Yeah, there's there's so many good times, man. I and uh, you know I think about the times playing hockey with him. I hope it was, um, you know he'd be he'd be in the room before games, and he'd be he'd be going around. Broadway's fucking ready to go, boys. Broadway's ready to go, and he'd have a bottle of he'd have a can of Red Bull, and he'd be going, "Hey, Luongo, let's go. Broadway's ready." And he'd start drinking that, and he'd look over, "Hey, O'Brien, Willie Mitchell, Broadway's <laughs> fucking ready to go. Here we go." And he'd chug another. <laughs> I mean, what time is it, boys? What time is it? Seven seven oh five. All right, here we go. (laughs) Oh fuck! So, you know, I just I hope he's smiling down. Um, I know he's smiling down. The guy always smile, but uh, you know, we love you, Jimmy. It's it's not easy. Uh, We're gonna be there to support your kids. We're one big family. Um, Everyone here at the Missing Curfew family is. we're extremely saddened, brother, but we're glad that you were part of this team, and we're glad that, uh, fuck, we're glad that we got to got to call you Jimmy Scoops and, and bring you in every week, and, you know, we're, we're glad that one day your boys are going to be able to watch, watch you on this pod. Yeah, well set up, dog, and, and uh, I remember, you know, we were in Vegas for the Vegas to call it out game. And, 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 you know, me and Scoops, we were sitting there. And he said, fuck, Holmes, you know, I just, I wish I would have fought more when I played. You know, if I would have fought more, I would have fucking, you know, I just didn't have it in it like you and whoever. I said, Hazy, buddy, you're just, you're just a big gentle giant fella. And listen, fighting's not that fun. And it doesn't, I go, it wouldn't have made you any more money if that's what you're thinking. Like, you know, and fighting was out of the league. So don't fucking think about fighting. But, um, you know, he was a gentle giant. The one thing he did hold out on us about was his fucking golf swing, all right? I found out from the boys in Boston that this guy was a range rat. He didn't hit it very far off the tee, but all he would ever say to us was how bad his putting was. Apparently up dog from what the boys in Boston told us. He loved going on the range. He had, a, I think he had an instructor trying to help him with his swing, so um, he's probably lucky he didn't get on the course with you because you, you would have rinsed him a little bit, <laughs> but... Um, um, to his wife, Kristen, um, I didn't know you as well as the updog. And um, anything that we can. Uh, uh, anything we can do for you guys moving forward, um, you know, let us know. Um, we will keep this going for Jimmy. Uh, and thank you for uh, allowing us to uh, share it. Well said, fellow. Uh, thanks, Uppy. Yeah, man, it's 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 been a tough couple weeks. Um, to our fans at Mr. Curfew, thanks for being patient with us. Um, the love and support. Princey, um, <laughs> you're a fucking glue guy too, buddy. Way to, way to keep the ship going. Um, you know, it hit me and Updog, you know, pretty hard. So um, to our fans, thank you for being patient. To Princey, uh, for doing the two of the best of and then the best of Broadway. Um, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, the one good thing is the hockey season's right around the corner here. And yeah, it's going to be tough not having Scoopsy around, but, um, you know, he'll love it when the season starts and to the hockey world, um, up dog, we know all about it. That's why it's a tight knit group. And, um, thank you for all the support. Um, the podcast out there that, that, you know, um, I got it right here. 
Yeah, the support from the hockey world, Obi, was was insane. The support from the sports world. I think the support from f- f- coast to coast. I have people in Switzerland who listen to our podcast text me. I've had so many people, and, and we're going to touch on this and share some some DMs that we got as missing curfew and personal. Um, some of the messages sent from guys that Jimmy's touched. Um you know, other people who've never met Jimmy but felt like they knew him from from the podcast. Uh, those messages go go a long, long way because um, we're going to read a yeah, couple of them yeah. and, and be able to share. Yeah, this was classy. Yeah. And, it, and it's more than just these guys. Obviously, um, like Uppy just said, they the support was unbelievable. But uh, the Cam and Strick podcast, Cam Jansen, uh, you fucking beauty, uh, Andy Strickland, thank you, Nasty Knuckles, uh, Riley Cote, and Updog, one of your favorite trainers ever, Nasty. Um, the boys that spit chicklets, Ryan Whitney, Biz Nasty, Rear Admiral, Grinelli, thank you. Tales with TR, Terry Ryan. Um, don't know you, but I've heard you on chicklets. You seem like an absolute fucking beauty. Um, speaking of beauties, the Beauty Sauce podcast, Rick Rally. Um, you know, Jimmy loved you, man. You made him laugh. Uh, the Ring Shrinks, Mike Motta, who I got to see in Boston, Motsy, love you, and Brian Yandel, thank you. Uh, and then the Victory Podcast, uh, Captain Cons. Um, you know, cons well said, buddy, um, Broadway loved you. He looked up to you. Um, you got us going, you helped us get this thing going. So thank you. And then to our sponsors, um, DraftKings has been unbelievable. Canada dips, aura rings, good life, manscaped Jersey lab. Um, you know, thanks for sticking with us. And, um, yeah, so thanks to everyone. And, and, and up Doug, I know you got something that you want to kind of finish her off with before we get, uh, some guys on here to talk about Scoopsy. No, I just uh, Scoopsy from the moment he was he was with me as a as a teammate. Um, I really felt like I was able to take a kid under my wing and show him, you know, because he'd always be asking, but <laughs> you know, fuck your national league or look at you know, oh, you yeah. just get a new watch and you know, from going to get a car when he was when he was a healthy scratch to showing up with a new belt or a new scarf, new shoes. Like how expensive are those shoes, Hazy? It'd be like three hundred a shoe. Remember, Big Mama told the uh, at, yeah, at the sorry to remember at the funeral or uh, sorry after Big Mama told the story. But when he got healthy scratch, and she's like, "Come on, Jimmy, we'll go get you a new car." <laughs> yeah, and then she mentioned JD, our boy JD, and shout out to him because Jimmy and Jimmy loved JD too. But our boy in Florida that was part of the Cafe Europa lunches every day and going down to Miami to have a you know to have a New Year's Eve dinner and party or whatever the case may be we had a pretty tight little group there so uh i just wanted to sh- you know if you're listening hazy uh it was a you know absolute pleasure having you under my wing uh but the last couple months here since uh the last year since you've been on this podcast and since i've been a new dad i really felt you were you were putting me under your wing pal so may you rest easy um Continue to look over your boys and us because we need you. But uh, we love you, and you'll never be forgotten, pal. Uh, well said, Uppy. Um, yeah, Scoopsy, rest easy, my man. Um, uh, I know you'll be looking over the boys. If you could send, send down a couple winners this year. That'd be nice, but uh, we love you, buddy. You touched so many people. Um, and uh, like they say in the NHL, Scoopsy, 
uh, you're only good as your last shift, baby. And you took Tampa in game five as a winner, fella. So um, rest in peace. We love you. We'll keep it going. And you will be missed. Up dog. Um, that was tough, buddy. But we got through it together like everyone does in the hockey world. And we're lucky enough to have some guys take some time out of their busy schedule to come on and say some good things about Broadway, Jimmy Scoops. Uh, and our first one um, is a guy that didn't mind missing curfew on time, played the game the right way, Stanley Cup champion, and a guy that we know Scoops he loved a lot. So, uh, Sean Thornton, Thorty. Thorty, babe. What's up, buddy? Thank you. Good to see you. I've been too long. Been too- last, yeah. time we see you, we, last time we saw each other, Dolphin, maybe, at your course? Uppy when I was out there yeah, with the cats, yeah, right? Big Canyon. We had you out there. And then uh, before that's probably... A little Dallas trip to see our boy Billy Quinn. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Oh, good so, to see you guys. Missed you guys. Thanks for coming on, Thorty. We appreciate Thank it, you. buddy. Thank we you. appreciate it. Well, we're giving you, uh, you know, a little moment here to to talk about our boy Broadway. Um, he, we know he loved you, and uh, you know he's looking over us now. So, yeah, I got the news. Same time as everyone else, probably I was in my office here. Actually, it's, uh, you know, called while our CEO in to talk to me about something that was. In tears, uh, well, obviously, terrible, terrible news. Uh, I feel for the family. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot's been said about him last week, and I think it's been really on point. Like, he, he truly did, like, light up the room every time he walked into it, right? Like, I I, I don't know if he had a bad day. <laughs> no <laughs> bad days. He, he uh, yeah, that's all right, Thorny. He's always just, <laughs> you know, it's so positive. Like, we lose 6-1. Like, I We'll get him next time. Thorny's no big like everything was just positive, positive. And you know, knowing the family a little bit from Boston and uh Big Kev and you know, those those ties too. I hadn't talked to him. I was texting him and Kev probably three, four weeks ago, maybe coming to my event and you know, old Broadway is like, I'll be there if I can be there. Of course, you know, I love you, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, I, I this is hard because I I love the guy. I love the guy. Like he, one of the greatest teammates you could ever have and greatest individuals and the families is, you know, pure as a driven snow, as far as how, how great of people they are. Uh, it, it was tough. It's still tough. And I, I really feel for the, the family. And I'm, you know, there's, I've reached out to Yans. I talked to you up. Be like, if there's anything that, however we can help and support, I know, you know, the Violas knew uh, the Hayes and our organization, myself, like if there's anything we can do, I don't know any other way to put it, but we'd love to be able to do whatever we can. So just up whatever you guys keep in the loop. Yans is going to as well. Um, but yeah, what a great fucking individual uh, and gone too soon, obviously uh, saying something that I don't really need to say. Everyone fucking knows it, but um, wish you wish you still around to, tell some stories and see that laugh, hear that laugh and see that <laughs> smile when he's uh, put, putting a beer down. Well, authority, <laughs> let me jump in. Like, so we were, we went up to Boston, right. And I've been there. I, just, I was there three years ago for Hazy's wedding. Um, going back, you know, Boston more than anyone. Uh, foundations there, won a cup there, played there forever. That is a family knit group. It's almost like that Irish Catholic community there is as strong willed as anyone in the country. And, you know, you're part of that. You ingrained into that city. Um, you know, what, what I witnessed there was, was, you know, the loss of a son, but the moment that it brought everyone together from kids that he, he probably had only seen in passing at the rinks, Thority, to, you know, to his family, to uh, extended family, to, to hockey players across the globe coming, right? So 
Um, you know, I, I, I know he looked up to you because oh, yeah. he's the same type of guy. Like, so you, you call me, I, I leave St. Louis. Uh, I actually leave Florida. I'm in St. Louis now. You guys are on the road trip. You call me, you're like, Uppy, we've been on the road. We're losing games. You got to set up a place where you can go watch Sunday night football with the boys. Right. And I'm like, done. And I'm done. Of course, that's the same thing. Hazy would have done. Like he, he was a glue guy. He, he was like a sponge. He learned from guys like you. It was the exact same thing he did to me the year before, like the year after when he's in New Jersey, like up dog, we're on the road. I need to bring these guys out somewhere. Where can we go in St. Louis? So I love when, when, you know, things like that, um, rub off on, on a young guy, but Hazy, Hazy loved authority. He was, I remember the one time I only, I was up and down that year with you guys, authority, but the one night you you know you got in a tilt with someone and you just went toe to toe like lefts and rights thirty style and I remember after you weren't with us having dinner but he's like hey he's like could you fucking imagine going in there just like thirty throwing both and not moving your head I'm like no I couldn't so don't think you should be doing that either Broadway but I just remember, <laughs> that's why you got yeah, me Broadway just, so you don't have to you go score your nineteen yeah goal. I just remember that year when I was up like thirty you go and get in a tilt and he'd be like could you imagine fighting like that I was like no I couldn't imagine but. Um, yeah, Thor, you meant a lot to him. Um, obviously, when you were on his team, like I said, he felt you know a little bit stronger, like everyone did. But um, and just to top what what up he said about Boston, Thorny, I was man, I was blown away with the love and support that the city and Dorchester came around for for Jimmy and that Hayes family. And like up he said, you're a big part of that city. And um, you know, obviously, you want a Stanley Cup, but now I know why it means so much to you, Thorny. That it really is a family feel there, bud. I think the message is, uh, you know, and I've. After reflecting for two weeks, Thorny, it's just how do you carry on Jimmy Hayes' legacy, right? Like, and you just said it, like the guy never had a bad day. And, you know, we, we carry on and whether you can make the service or not, there's no question that um, you're going to, you know, see Kevin Hayes and big Kevin Sr. sometime around the road. And and all it is is just, you know, being Thorny, being Thorny around him and sh- and sharing like, you know, laughs of of. You know that that family man. There's so much love there. There's so much uh, f- like funny love, right? Like and and yeah, they live they live their lives to the fullest, man. A great family, and and I'm proud to get to know them. I'm proud to have played on the team with you and Hazy. Um, you know, it's yeah, at the end of the day, man. It's family, and that's what hockey is. It's taught us a lot. And he definitely looked up to you, Thorny. So we appreciate you taking the time. Um, just continue the Broadway stories. That's how we yeah. keep them around, right? Yeah, exactly. But he, 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 there's enough of them to go around. I know I'm they sure. keep popping so just, into my head. Like uh, there's just like when we were doing the thing before we got authority on, like they just kept popping into my head. So that's a great point. We'll just keep the Broadway stories rolling, you know, so keep the Broadway legacy going. I mean, I, I know be no shortage of it up in Boston. As you said, I mean, I saw the outpouring of support in Dorchester and, we know, you know, he only spent as, as a player, only spent a small amount of time there, but he lived there his whole life. And a lot of people in that city really looked up to him. And he was part of the community too, right? He wasn't just a guy that was from there, played for the bees and then tucked himself into a corner. I mean, anytime you ask Broadway to do anything for kids or the community or whatever, he was the first guy to say, yeah, I'm in, let's go. Like, what, what, and then show the kids how you should be happy every single day. Right. Like that was the biggest thing for me. I mean, we joke about him never having a bad day, but like we truly play a, a sport that we're blessed to play, but we get caught up in it, right? Like, oh, we're getting bag skewed. Coach is an asshole. This, that, blah, 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 blah. Like Broadway taught everybody that like it's fun. It's a yeah. fun sport. Doesn't matter how bad the day is in our world. Our world's still better than ninety eight percent of the the population. Like, enjoy it. So. I mean, listen, I, I love the guy to death. I'm I'm honored and privileged that I got to know him and his family. And 
this is not obviously easy uh, to talk about. And it's probably the first time I've really talked about it other than with my wife over the first few days afterwards. So I, I appreciate you guys having me on and giving me a chance to at least say a few kind words. Uh, not enough probably, but a few kind words for the, for the big fella. Thorny, that was perfect, man. That was, uh, that was well said. Me and Updog love you. Um, you're a warrior. Happy for all the success you're doing. That office looks good on you, fella. It looks good on you. And, uh, and you can see my daughter still thinks I'm a happy, scary monster too. <laughs> Not, even that's a four-year-old knows. That's how, that's how I envisioned you on the ice when I played against you in Norfolk. That's the face you made at me in Portland, Maine the one night. I was like, hey, 30, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, uh, we, great we, seeing you guys. Yeah, we love you. Good luck this year in South Florida. We're pulling for you guys down there. Take care of my boy, Weegsy. And uh, we appreciate it, buddy. Broadway loved you, Thorny. Uh, obviously, thanks to Sean Thornton, um, absolute beauty there, um, doing well life after hockey, which is good to see because he played the right way. So, Thorny, thank you very much. We got another Florida Panther alum, another fucking beauty, another Stanley Cup champion. Who we got? We sure do. We sure do. We got a boy sitting at the Ritz in Toronto right now, taking a moment out of his day to speak with us uh, and to speak on uh, our boy Broadway's behalf, but one of Broadway's best teammates. I know this because... Every time we brought this guy in on the podcast, Broadway was fired up. So, David Boland, thanks for joining us. Uh, how you doing, brother? What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Good boy, good boy. Tough times, obviously, and um, you know, like Uppy said, you were one of his, you were one of Broadway's favorite teammates. Um, so yeah, just touch on what you know, what you meant, what he meant to you, or whatever you want to say about him, buddy. This is your time to. Uh, to, to let us know and he, he loved you boy as you know no no no, 100 percent. broadway was uh i remember broadway came into chicago uh his first few days um he came in you know how he was he was big funny goofy uh <laughs> always lighting up the room uh and i remember saying who is this kid like just <laughs> laughing around and uh he would always like little things he would he would make everybody laugh and uh just uh it's 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 a heartbroken thing when i found out uh the other week what happened to him and uh it it, it hurt my heart because i was one guy that that when i was in florida uh we got along really well and in chicago i was still trying to get to know him and get uh get to get to hang out with them um but uh in florida uh like Uppy said like uh we were we were all pretty tight um and we all hung out and uh i think that that was the year i've I was going through uh, my divorce and uh, I remember Uppy was there and, and Jimmy Hayes was there for me. Uh, and you guys were, were great with me and keep me up, upbeat. And Jimmy was one of those guys that was like, ah, who cares? Let's go have some fun and let's have some beers and, and who cares about, about what's going on? Like, um, so uh, it was heartbreaking to hear uh, what happened. And um, it's, it's, it still is uh, heartbroken to me. So uh Yeah. I mean, he'd love nothing more than to just say after practice, Bully, we're going to fire up Royal Palm. Let's go play some golf. Let's hey, let's let's get out of here, boys. Hey, we've been here long enough today. Should we go play some golf and fuck? Yeah. You know, little did we know he's been he's been really swinging the sticks. Yeah, I just I just knew my short time with that team, Bully. That you know, and it happened for me too. You were the one one of the guys that I wanted to be around. And when I was up with you guys, Jimmy obviously wanted to be around Uppy. But when you walked in the dressing room, like he would always gravitate to Bowley. And on the plane, he wanted to hang out with with you. And and you were like a big. He he looked up to you big time, and um, obviously had a lot of fun with you too. But I could just tell how much you meant to him when I was around the team in Florida with you guys. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I I, I kind of felt him to me as as a little brother. Um, I think Troach was 
I think Troach did something in, I think with, uh, with a, um, with, uh, another interview, um, with Biz and, and Wit, and he was talking about the time he went out and bought, uh, that S550, the Mercedes when he, when he sat out <laughs> and I was listening to it and I'm like, I remember I, right when I got to Florida, I had came in and I bought a G wagon and an S550 and he goes, Foley. He's like, I want one of those. I was like, you know what, Jimmy, if you have a chance, go and get one. He's like, these are, this is what, this is what the boss drives. These are boss, boss companies. They drive S580, S550s. You want one. And I remember Troach was talking about it just on, uh, with Biz and them. And, and I that, like just hearing that story kind of brought me to tears. Um, just when he showed up that day and he's like, Foley, he's like, look what kind of car I just got. And it was an S550 all done up. I'm like, this kid's a beauty. I'm like, this kid is a beauty. Uh, so, so he's like, it's 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 still unbelievable. It's still I still can't believe it that he's gone, and and, and it's heartbroken. Yeah, that's fucking well said, boy. That's him in a nutshell. I told a story earlier when me and Uppy were. Um, you know, saying our little piece about Scoopsy, and it was a Christmas party where, in Florida, you're like, "Hey, Obes, I'm like, I'm like, bully, where'd you get that onesie? You're like, uh, over at Abercrombie Finch. But whatever you do, don't get the fucking blue one, right, Obes? So sure enough, I got the blue one. You're like, I fucking told you I'd get the blue one. <laughs> and then I don't know if you remember, we're out on Willie Mitchell's fucking deck or whatever, our dock, and Hazy was just going. Like, I mean, he was on fire and me and you were literally crying and i went i looked at you and i'm like is this what he's like and then i go to up and up he's like every single day so oh, yeah um well said by you buddy he loved you and um yeah i know he's looking down right now having a smile on his face because of what you're saying no 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 100 percent. and hey like when, when you guys started this i was like when you guys started the uh the missing curfew and and he was in and he's i remember that that first time he's like he's like hey do you want to come on and I was like, fuck yeah. I was like, coming on with you three and you. I was like, let me know when. Like, how, like we can talk some good stories. And uh, and he was, he was, I remember he's like, he's like, can can we bring up the 11 story? Remember we went to 11 and and you had that big cash and you were just throwing it everywhere. I was like, woo. I was like, ah, maybe, maybe let's wait a bit. But uh, but he was like, he, he, he just got energetic. And like I said, like when I came into Florida there, <clears throat> and he was there. Uh, he was like a little brother to me. Uh, I loved having him around. And he was, he was just, like you said, he was a joy in the room, either if he was, if he was sitting out, if he was playing, if, if anything, uh, he was that joy in the room. And he was that guy that kind of brought everybody together. And Hey, if there was a downtime in the time, in, in, in a losing streak when we were playing, he was the guy that bring it up and, 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 joy us back up and get us back to up and going. So, uh, I miss him a lot and I miss him dearly. Uh, and just what he brought to hockey and seeing what, what Boston was at his funeral there was unbelievable. And, and he was a, uh, he, he was unbelievable. Well said. Yeah. Well said, bully. I, uh, I do want to touch on this, but you know, your, your dad, Dale Talon there, who, <laughs> who fed you the G wagon and S five fifty. Uh, Dale, the day the day Dale traded for uh, uh, for Olson and and Jimmy Broadway scoops, uh, he came up to me. I remember at breakfast and was like, "Hey, you're gonna love this kid. This kid I'm bringing in from from you know from Chicago. I had him there. He's a big fucking kid. He plays a lot of heart. He's gonna be great in the room. You know, take care of the kid. 
you know, and that's, yeah, that's how Dale was, right? That's exactly how Dale was. So Dale knew character, Dale knew a guy, you know, Dale knew talent and, uh, you know, Dale orchestrated a good, good group of guys in Florida. So I, I'm happy I got to play with, with, with Scoopsy and Hazy, uh, and you three at the same time. It was, it was some of my best years of hockey and, uh, you know, the hardest part for, for me that year was, you know, I only got a little, a little taste of it. I got lucky bully. I got all the good trips. I got the rookie party. I got to go with you in Toronto. Van city. But like, yeah, you guys had a family feel on that team. And, and, you know, it started, you know, even in the trainer's room with frosty and moods and then bullying up being authority and Willie Mitchell and trickled down to, to hazy and Peary and all the younger guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know what you're talking about bully. It was well said by you. He loved you. Um, and yeah, man, we really appreciate you coming on, taking time out of your day, and um, we just wanted you to know that Broadway talked about you an awful lot on the set and off of the set. So uh, we appreciate it, fella. No, no, anything for him. He's he was like I said, he was a little brother. And hey, what you guys did here and, and started with with missing curfew. Uh, he was. I just remember that day. He's like, dude, we got something going on with Obi and, and Uppy, and and we we would love to have you on. And I said, fuck, let me know when I'll be available. <laughs> um, and it it, 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 I'm lost for words because I still don't believe it, but, uh, but I miss them dearly and, and love them. Well said, boy. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate you. And, uh, thank you, buddy. Anytime, fellas. Anytime. We'll, we'll see you soon, pal. Thanks. Up dog. Obviously, thanks to Bully, uh, Dave Bull and Absolute Beauty. Um, Broadway loved him. Broadway brought loved him on him twice. Too. Brought him on twice to missing curfew. Yeah. So he'd be proud that we got him on for the for the third time. Yeah. And another guy here we got that Broadway looked up to and absolutely loved. And a three time Stanley Cup champ. It seems like everyone Broadway fucking loved won a cup, except for me and you. But uh the big rig, Patty Maroon. Uh big rig, thanks for doing this, buddy. Um Broadway loved you. We know you loved him. Um, we talked about the the service. You're our first guest that was actually there. So maybe just touch on how much love and, and support was in Dorchester. Uh, for those, you know, that Sunday and Monday. Yeah, I mean, I just remember getting off the plane and <clears throat> I'm texting with Shaddy and uh, Bogosian and just saying, how's it going? Are you guys in yet? He's like, we're on top of the hill. I mean, so many people are here to support Jimmy. He's touched so many people's lives. And you can just tell. And then uh, when I rolled up and got in the line, it kind of felt real. Uh, it didn't feel real in the beginning, just I'm assuming for you two, you know, getting a phone call or getting a text and, you're sitting there and you're just thinking about, you know, how many lives Jimmy touched. You're looking around and, you know, if his hockey players, if his his teammates from college, if it was his teammates from, you know, Bantam Miners, Peewees, you know, minor hockey itself. I think you can just look around and see how coaches, general managers, you know, I saw Brian Burke in there and a lot of coaches that came and supported Jimmy just because, you know, Jimmy was a great, great friend, father, you know, husband and uh even better teammate and uh and it just kind of when he walked into the service there you know just watching those videos and you know seeing the pictures of his him and his family his sisters his brother and his two little boys and you know Kristen, it's it kind of hit home a little bit it's just you know someone like that shouldn't you know he has so much life ahead of him and you know his laugh his his stories you know <laughs> have him playing with the kid on the tv just that's who Jimmy was, and he touched not only his kids' lives, but he touched so many people around him. And um, it was tough for sure, hugging Kristen and hugging his sisters and brother and Kevin and his father and mom. It was tough, um, 
I for sure broke down. Uh, but that just goes to show you that, you know, Jimmy, first off, touched me in so many ways. You know, I only got the chance to play with him for four months, you know, at the trade deadline on. But uh, what he did for me and Francesca and impacted me was just remarkable. And I'll never forget that. And he'll always have a special place in my heart for, you know, for the rest of my life. So um, it was very touching, uh, very real. Uh, like I said before, it didn't feel real until you got in there. And um, But it was just it was good to see the people and, you know, everyone at the funeral home, obviously that didn't make the wake. You could see everyone around and the tribute, bringing them back out, um, you know, all the cast that got to the church and the surrounding and, um, and what they did for them. Um, you know, I feel like that's when you, when you hit the funeral, that's when you know it's, you know, we won't see that smile again and that laughter and, you know, you won't get those texts or those proud moments or those funny moments that you guys had on missing curfew or, you know, and it's, it hurt a little bit, but I know he's looking down on us. And, um, you know, Jimmy was a great man. He lived life to the fullest. Well said. Yeah, I think, I, Patty, I listened to you on, Miss, on, on, sorry, I listened to you on Spit and Chicklets. And, you know, we're one big, we're one big hockey family, whether we're, you know, a couple of years retired or we're still playing, winning Stanley Cups like yourself. But Jimmy had so many positive uh, impacts on, on players and staff and coaches and, and, you know, GMs and what we saw at his, at his funeral. And, um, you know, I just hearing, hearing the way you spoke about, you know, you were maybe going through some stuff and, and you come into a, into a team and all of a sudden this guy, Jimmy Scoop sits beside you. And, you know, the first thing he says makes you laugh, whether it was something so dumb or so smart and witty. It just is like, it it was always something Jimmy had. It was a gift. He was given a gift of, of you being six six like yourself, um, but but just being being a, a talented, loving, you know, super genuine guy that just gravitated to people and and carried around himself in in such a positive way. He was living a dream. We all got to live our dreams, and he, you know, he he being a Boston kid, um, playing for the Bruins. He he, you know, he fuck. He, this kid was, you know, I bet you at twelve, thirteen years old, growing up you know, in, in, in Dorchester, it's not easy. It reminds me of my, it reminds me of growing up, like, you know, I had a tight knit family, but you're in like a small tit knit group, very competitive group. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you know, you carry yourself away, you get in the fucking NHL and, and you start to build relationships like this and you start to change kids lives forever by, you know, saying hi to them and stuff. And, and I'll always remember Jimmy like that. I'll always remember the first time I met him, him coming in and, and listening to you, you know, do that, thing you did with with Wiz and bit uh with Wiz and biz just you know fuck he changed my life he was positive when i needed positivity and that's that's something that you can't teach and you know uh, I'll, I'll remember this from from the wake i'll remember after we were all at local celebrating his, his life after the wake and there's so many guys there we're all we're all like laughing and telling stories and crying and drinking beers and whatever. And then, you know, end of the night, there's big rig leaving. He's got a case of Bud Lights and a case of Coors Lights. And he's, boys, we're going, we're going to my room. Like, hey, we're going, we're going to my room and, you know, everyone's welcome. So then, you know, we find ourselves 10 guys sitting back at the Westin like we would be on the road. Yeah. And Jimmy Scoops is right beside us. And we're there drinking beers and Shaddy's telling stories. What a good storyteller Shaddy is. And McDonough's there, Bogosian, you know, and we got Claude Drew. And that's just what 
that's what this life has been for us. It's been brotherhood and you, Patty Maroon, man, you're, you're still going, you're still winning championships. And these are the things that Broadway was great at. So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. But just like you said, I think, you know, he would be the first one with us, you know, he'd be our 11th man, you know, <laughs> hanging, telling stories, you know, he's a great storyteller himself. Him and Shaddy are up there for the best storytelling. <laughs> Him and his Boston sure. accent. I mean, just listen to that, that clip you guys put up the other day. I was peeing in my pants. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's just who he was. Like, it's just like, you just can listen to him all day and you can sit in a room with him. I mean, he can talk to a wall. And the wall would be laughing back at him, and that's just who the, that's just who he is. And um, I, you know, I just brought me back. I never played with you guys. Well, Obi, we had a little stint together, yeah. um, but I never played with you guys. But it just felt like, you know, that was a good career to be in there and have a couple of beers and sit back and just tell stories and fucking laugh. Larry found his way in there. You know, he <laughs> always course, finds his of way. <clears throat> but it was good, man. I think he would be he he would have been right there with us like you said he was right there with us and uh in spirit and looking down yeah, it, it, it was the first time in a long time i felt like you know being back on the road with the boys and, and hazy lived for that and, and big rig man when we've watched you play the lot you know obviously last year with the podcast you know i just want to let you know he was always texting me being like look at the big rig out there hey eh? like protecting the puck keeping it down low and like in his notes, he always had, you know, he always had stuff about you, and he always wanted to make sure that we were talking about the big rig. And there's still a room in the game for a big guy that can play. And, um, you know, you meant the world to him, brother, and he loved you, and I know you loved him back. And, um, you know, you put a cool picture up of, of you and Hazy uh, looking at the Hudson. What was that when you guys obviously were playing together? Just talk me through that picture because it was super cool, man. Yeah, man. So <clears throat> Francesca takes a lot of pictures and. Uh, we spent a lot of time together in Jersey, uh, quite a couple nights out in New York city, a uh, couple nights nice dinners <laughs> in New York city, uh, Hoboken, you know, that was us going out on the town that night. That was us catching the ferry to New York city. Kristen and Francesca probably shaking heads at the time, <laughs> but taking a cool picture thinking like, what are these hooligans doing tonight? Yeah. <laughs> what are we getting ourselves into? Uh, that could have been the end of the year party that night. And I think uh, me and Broadway, the girls went home, me and Broadway took it deep. But um, <clears throat> yeah, man, we had so many special nights. I, I talked about it a little bit in the Spit and Chicklets video, but the first time, you know, I met, went out with Jimmy and Kristen and they just felt this, they felt this welcome, you know, they always brought us together and like, they didn't have to bring us to meet his brother at bingo night in new york city but they brought us you know like he got bingo that night you could see us in the video there's a video going around twitter me and jimmy <laughs> jimmy's going nuts with the champagne but i mean that was our first night together you know he won bingo and i was like i knew i knew i was going to click right away with this guy and even his wife Kristen and francesca hit it off right away so you know those are the those are the nights you remember um you know and like up you said the nights that you are in your rooms having beers, telling stories, those are the nights you remember also. But like I said, Jimmy was there for me from the beginning. You know, I, I went through a tough time there and he found a way to bring some positivity in my life. And uh, he, he made a huge impact on my career uh, uh, when I got to Jersey and uh, still does till this day. And uh, yeah, we just had that special bond. You just know, you know, when you click with someone right away, when you first meet them, that's what I felt about Jimmy. Well said, Big Rig. And, and like I said, we appreciate it, buddy. We know you've done this a couple times now. Uh, we needed to have you on because we know how much he loved you. And 
Um, good luck this year. Keep it going. Scoops will be looking down on you. Uh, and we're all proud of you, buddy. Keep her humming. So thank you so much, man. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, boys. Thanks, boys. I'm thinking about you all boys, right. too. I know you guys are going through a hard time. and I'm one text right. away. Love you, buddy. So we'll see you, boys. Love you guys. See you. Up dog, uh, the big rig, Patty Maroon. Um, the thing that's special about that one is you only play with Broadway for four months, and I can relate because I only played for Broadway for about a month, and the impact that you could see me on the big rig, and um, it's pretty special that he did that. So thanks to him. Yeah, you big boys all sticking yeah, together. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all got to weigh in together. We're like, fuck, we got to weigh in again. This is brutal. So uh, we got another special guest, um, a guy that spent a lot of time with Broadway, um, with his family. Broadway talked a lot about this guy. Um, you can do the... Yeah, um, a guy I met at, at Broadway's wedding, and uh, he was looking handsome. Him and his wife, Trish, are uh, two of the best people I, I got to meet at, at the Broadway's wedding. So uh, without further ado, Mark Fain, um, all the way from Boston. Uh, welcome to Missing Curfew, brother. Um, wish we could have brought you in earlier terms, but uh, Broadway would have loved to have you here. And um, you know, thanks for joining the boys. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Mark, uh, well, it's nice to finally be on, but um, <laughs> no, it's a great tribute you guys are doing. It's awesome. Yeah. I'll start first, Fainer. Just I, I talked you know, at the start of the podcast about the love and support that I saw in, in Boston and Dorchester, and I know you guys live in Milton, Massachusetts now. Um, it really blew me away, man. Um, you know, you, you hear about Boston, how you guys rally around each other, good or bad. Um, just from a guy that's from there that spent more time than Jimmy than us, what did it mean to you to see – everyone come around them yeah i mean like you said just being from here i didn't expect anything less that's kind of the community we've grown up in and when uh somebody whether it's an nhl hockey player or somebody down the street you know you kind of rely on your community and uh like you guys know the hayes family is pretty big and pretty active in their community so that uh stretched pretty wide especially around here and then all the young kids driving down broadway or down uh right in front of I forget the name of the place, but uh, Flooring Hall, where yeah. his memorial was, like just seeing all those kids out there. I mean, you can almost put yourself in that perspective growing up here because uh, I mean, I and I never experienced it, but Jimmy got to experience that ultimate goal of those kids in playing for the Boston Bruins, and uh, it's just something special. Yeah, it really is, Fainer, and uh, we we. Obi and I, you know, over the last year, we, you know, we, we got to dial in Scoopsy from the East Coast and he was our boy. Um, and I can't tell you how fucking cool that was. Um, just to get to laugh with our buddy, you know, get to see his smile, get to hear his jokes, get to, you know, have him talk about his, his scoops and his, he brought such an element to our conversations every day. And, you know, I know this is so hard, but you, you got to, you got to see Broadway you know you got to be with him he was one of your best boys and you know it just it to me it's a it's a brother that um rubbed off on so many guys so I I guess you know is there is there anything you know that you'd like to you know share with Jimmy maybe a story on him that that really could lighten up you know the to lighten up the, yeah. the view on Jimmy. I know this is hard, so I'm I, I'm struggling over here too. I'm just yeah. No, it's uh, I mean, Jim's kind of one of those guys. People keep saying like it's tough when you think about him now. It's you know whether smile or cry, but yeah. hopefully we can turn those to smiles sooner. But um, yeah, was, but yeah. So 
when Jimmy first made varsity, uh, him and one other guy were the two by far youngest on the team. So just, uh, you know, being good older members of the team, we took them out and bring them to one of our buddies' place and or one of our friends' houses. And, you know, we start playing one of the high school games, like uh, Kings. You guys remember that? It's like a card game or whatever. And uh, somebody grabs, like, the category card. Like, all right, favorite beers. And at this point, Jimmy had gotten a few things wrong. Like, so he's kind of nervous. But you see me sitting on his hands. Like, he's getting giddy. He's like, I didn't know this one. So, like, a couple go around. Like, Bud Light, Budweiser. And then uh, Jimmy's like, all right, Jim, what do you got? He's like, slush puppies and vodka. (laughs) And that's not a beer. He's holding different beers in his hands and everything. But... um, That's just kind of the way Jimmy was. Like, if he thought he knew it, he couldn't hold it in, and he was always just kind of ready to go. But then uh, the other one was um, try doing a podcast with him. By the way, <laughs> yeah, so, oh my God. so so, and, and that's what makes it so great, right? Is that Jimmy just it, it comes to his head, and we and Obi and I could let it see. We just you got to let him roll. Yeah, that's Jimmy Scoo. So sorry, but yeah. Oh no, exactly. Just you can see it on him too. Right? Yeah, yeah, he fired up. Um. And then the other one, Uppy, you were there, uh, like you were saying, down at Jimmy's wedding, which was amazing. And we had a great party after, a day after, everything. And uh, I just remember pretty tired the next morning, Sunday morning. I think you were taking off to Newfoundland or somewhere, and everybody's heading out. And it's like 1130. We're driving down the main highway, and uh, my wife and I had just passed Jimmy's exit. And... Uh, or the exit that he was checking out of and he was supposed to be getting on the highway. And the first rest area pulled over to the side was his big white G wagon. He was taking a nap right away <laughs> after his wedding. He couldn't even make it home. I can relate to that. I can relate to that. I had to pull over, come back from the cottage about a month ago. I'd have a little shutdown myself. So, uh, Fainer, you know, I got the chance to talk to you a little bit at, at the wake of the funeral. And, uh, I'm not going to pretend to think, you know, what you're going through. Um, but Broadway's bar was one place I wanted to get to that I never did. Any good stories about that spot? Yeah, just uh, last two Super Bowls. I mean, I know he was texting with you guys the whole night, just him and his dad down there, just trying to, you know, figure out different bets. Jimmy always thought he had the anthem <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> everything, but especially the anthem. Oh, no, I know a guy, Kevin Bribe, a guy who works at the gas station. And, you know, he always had some in and, for some reason, last second it switched and everybody else got the right bet but us. But, uh, no, that was just my favorite time at Broadway's. It was, Super Bowl was always at Broadway's. All the kids running around and everything. But um, yeah. yeah, I just want to say that too. Where uh, Growing up in Boston, I was always a couple years older than Jimmy. So I got to experience all that stuff before him, high school, college, and uh then once we both retired around the same year, moved to Milton the same year, wives became best friends. We, uh, I got to watch him become a dad and just how cool that was. And then, uh, you know, get to see it happen twice. was pretty awesome for him. And I just couldn't be happier. And I mean, you guys know, like playing in the league was one thing, but for Jimmy, being a dad was everything. Yeah, I think that's well said, Fainer. Um, you know, like I said, man, I don't want to pretend like I know what you're going through because it's been hard enough for me and Uppy. Um, we appreciate you coming out here. Anytime you need anything from us, if we can help out in any way, 
Um, we're going to keep this thing going for Scoopsy, and, and we'll have you back on whenever you want, man. If you want to come on and just talk hockey or hang out or whatever, uh, you meant a lot to him. Uh, I can't imagine, you know, waking up without this guy in Newport. So, Love you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Love you, boys. Good job. Obi, uh, thanks to one of Broadway's best boys who from back home. And at the end when you said, fucking, I don't know what it'd be like not yeah. waking up without up dog here. Yeah. It's, um, the people in Boston are absolutely genuine beauties and uh, Fainer's, Fainer's one of them. So yeah. thanks thanks to Mark Fain for coming on. And uh, up next, a guy that uh, we've known from our Newport days, long, long time, uh, Jam. He's, well, I say I was going to say Jam, but he's a jammer <laughs> now. He's, got, he's, in his, he's in his jam room over there. Who yeah. do we got coming this guy, on? This uh, guy, I've known this kid for a long time, obviously, Former Bubble Bull, former Anaheim Duck, uh, all-time beauty, played the game the right way, obviously. Uh, Matty Bolesky, uh, Ski, thanks for joining us, buddy. I, I know this is hard for you. Um, we know how much you met to Broadway. Um, your name came up a ton of times throughout, either on the air, more off the air. Um, you know, and I hadn't seen you in a long time, buddy, and I saw you in Boston for the, for the funeral service and everything. And um, Thanks for joining us, and maybe just start with, you know, I know it hit you hard, buddy, but just the love and support that Broadway got those two days. I know it blew you away. I could see it in your face. Yeah, no, well, thanks for having me, boys. This, uh, this is awesome. Got some goosebumps just looking at your background there. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. You know, the the whole weekend, everything, it was the best best crew of people for the worst reason, as all I kept saying. And, uh, you know, I I think you deserved every bit of it. So <laughs> it, was, it wasn't too shocking to see, but... Uh, you know, it's amazing how many people he touched that, that you wouldn't even know about. Like, being good friends with him, he had so many. I don't know where he got all the time. <laughs> where did he get all the time? Yeah. He made it. He just made the time. He didn't know what to do other than just laugh and fucking tell jokes. <laughs> God, he was good at it, Ski. Yeah, yeah um, we, uh, man, we we spent so much time together just doing that exactly. I, mean, I think of my time in Boston, that's what we did. <laughs> Me and him laughing, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like his... You know, I think my wife was getting a little jealous at times, but uh, <laughs> you know, she, she couldn't blame me either. Yeah. Uh, maybe you could just talk about, you know, the, fir- the first time you met Scoops here or when you, you know, we had Big Rig on and Big Rig only played with him for four months and he made an impact on Big Rig's life. And I only played with Hazy for, for a month, month and a half, and he touched me. Um, you know, when did you first know that, hey, this guy was going to be one of my boys and, and just how much he made a difference in your life? Yeah, I think we signed on the same day, actually, in Boston, pretty sure. And uh, first day I was there, we showed up. We ended up doing the community service thing uh, down in in the, I think it was Charlestown, did a little thing with some young kids. And, uh, you know, we met them for the first time. We went to the Sox game later that day. That that was about it, man. The history was wrote. I think we met (laughs) up a little later after that game, too. And, uh, you know, I I just, as soon as you got around him, he put his arm around you and did it come with me ice man i got you and that's uh that's the way it was that's how we rolled around boston you know is uh that's how we went everywhere it's just he's that guy he's infectious he once you're once you're in there you're not getting out he had like a 12 foot wingspan too but still you know you get under that arm and you don't want to leave so it was uh you know he, he was everything his family they'd invite us over went there for thanksgiving christmas you know uh his family's great obviously you got to meet a lot of them or if you didn't already know them and um, you know, he took us in 
took me and my wife in my kids his mom babysat my daughter like it was you know they were uh that's the type of people they are ski do you want to touch on you you saying you're with broadway when he you both signed on the same day um what this kid in boston right like living his dream putting on the bruins jersey you know coming to the rink every day td garden share a little bit of like watching jimmy hayes on the daily so i have a story where i came in with the blues and we played you guys you guys uh you know it was like winter classic time right and the cameras are following you and i got a story that jimmy's told where you know it's christmas it's the day before christmas break and i fucking you know at the end of the thing i'm i I go to doug armstrong my gm i'm like doug like you know i'm flying back to newport to meet obi and loops for for christmas you know i got the red eye or whatever do you mind if i wear jeans like uh, out of the out of the dressing room tonight like i don't want to wear my suit to the airport and shit right so he's like no of course i'll be right so i go meet broadway in the hall and the cameras are there and shit. You guys have all the cameras for the Winter Classic following you from HBO. And Broadway looks at me and he goes, no fucking way up, dog. You get to look like this leaving the rink, right? Like, you're always looking fucking National League. Now you're wearing jeans, long jacket, fucking black shirt. Like, you don't have to wear your suit. And I'm like, Broadway, when the cameras are on, up dog shines. <laughs> so I was like, just just what he needed to hear to give like the, you know, Broadway just always wanting to be National League and looking at me that day, <laughs> yeah. just being like, how come you don't get to wear your suit out of here? Like, this is sick. Um, but like him in Boston, like, could you describe like, in, you know, in a few words, just what it was like for him to be able to put on that bees jersey? I think it was everything. You know, he, he loved it. Um, I think he put a lot of pressure on himself. He obviously knew what, what it's like to be in Boston, what Boston fans can be like to you. And they were <laughs> to both of us, but Hey, they were good to totally. us too. So it was, we always, you know, he, he loved the fans. He loved how aggressive they were, how, you know, how, how passionate they were. And he loved playing, playing for the bees. And uh, like, we both wish it could have lasted longer, maybe went a little better for us the way that things kind of changed, but would I change anything now? No, of course not, man. It, it was great. It was, uh, it's an all all an experience, but I, like I wouldn't have been able to do it without Jimmy. That guy, you know, that guy held it together. He kept you smiling all the time, and um, you know, I'm grateful for everything he did. Yeah, Ski, and, and I've known you a long time, buddy. And and, and I, you know, the, I I saw at the wake and the funeral how hard it hit you, and it, you you couldn't really believe it. And then you know, you stayed in Boston a couple extra days and went over and and saw Kristen, and you went down to the to the Broadway bar that I'd never been in that I wanted more than anything to go down there and have a couple with them and. Um, just tell our listeners about the notes you found and um, just how much he loved doing this and, and how, how prepared he was, man. It was cool when he sent us that picture. Yeah, it was uh, like, I don't know, Jimmy was never really serious, right? Like, he, he was serious, but you didn't really get to see too much of serious Jim. He was always making yeah. you laugh. And um, just going down there and sitting on that bar, I talked to him so many times when he's building it and setting it up and everything. It was, it's great to have a drink there. It was tough circumstances, obviously, but, it, you know, I got to watch Bo bounce around down there and play. And um, Yeah, reading his notes, man, he had, I think he was, there's two and a half notebooks, like, or there's one notebook for sure, front to back filled. And then there's a couple more, all with notes. And just the way he wrote them, he wrote like he was, like he was on the show. So 
you know, like that. I guess the one I found about me is like best hungover practice player. Matt <laughs> His shot fixes everything, and I just died, man. His shot <laughs> fixes <laughs> everything. <laughs> His shot can fix those blood bloodshot eyes. Yeah, shoot it from the red line; doesn't have to skate all the way in. Like, <laughs> oh, there is so many. Like I, I took pictures of them. I could probably pull them up here. I sent some to you guys. Just yeah, it was awesome seeing seeing the passion he had for this show and the the. Like he had everyone's salaries, like just professional. He was, he was yeah. just nationally doing it, doing it right. And uh, no, it was, it was really cool to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well said, buddy. Uh, listen, I, I know how much you're hurting right now. We're hurting too. Uh, Scoopsy loved you. Um, you know, we'll get you back on. We'll give you some more time. We'll get you back on, maybe yeah. come out here or whatever. But um, yeah, I'd love to come out with the boys. It, it was nice having you there for the weekend, buddy. Um, under the worst circumstances. Um, I leaned on you. You leaned back on the boys. So Scoopsy loves you. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll keep this thing rocking for him, buddy. Sure, boys. Keep it up. Cheers. All right, fellas. Cheers, my man. Cheers, Ski. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Updog, obviously, thank you to Matty Bleski. Uh, I've known Ski a long time. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was choked up at the funeral in the wake. And um, you, know, you can tell he's still choked up, but a guy that Broadway loved him and had a great time together. So to Matt Bleski, thank you, fella. Um, and we got another National Leaguer on. This kid, when I first met him, I could just tell how sick his style was on the ice. And me and Broadway would always talk about how sick his style was. So one of Broadway's best buddies, great teammates, and one of our favorite teammates too, Up Doug. Brandon Peary, welcome to the Missing Curfew Show again. Uh, we had you on before, so welcome back. Uh, shitty circumstances now, but I just want to intro the show uh, I was sitting with Broadway at breakfast, and I want to say it was in Boston, bro. Okay, so we're sitting at Boston in that jail hotel, okay? That one that they redid. You know the one. Good bar on the second floor. Always, There's always some action going on there. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and Hazy was like, fuck, we just traded for one of my boys. He's a beauty. He's a fucking beauty. He can snipe, lefty shot. And I'm thinking, fuck. Sick style. We need another one of those guys on the team like to throw <laughs> me back in the lineup or what? So anyway, Broadway brought... Uh, you know, introduced you to me uh, the morning you got into our Florida Panthers team. And ever since, um, you know, you became uh, an incredible NHLer. So congrats on that. But Broadway and you had such a great relationship. And I know it stems back a long time. So we welcome you to the show to, you know, talk about Broadway. And, and you know, you're here from Nashville, right? How are things going, bud? Things are good. We're, uh, we're getting settled in. We just moved down here. But um, you know what? That's kind of this situation coming down here don't know anyone i wish i had broadway because <laughs> totally. then i'd have a million friends right yeah. like that's that's what he did yeah. like the number of texts i got from my wife's um friends husbands that met him at my wedding or just like when he'd come down to chicago they were telling me stories i had no idea about just because that's the guy broadway was he's like oh you're a friend of a friend everyone's friends now that's just like in the same way how I met your buddy that uh, last couple of weeks, Big Sexy, we both were just kind of like chumming it up being like, this is what Broadway did. Yeah. A friend of a friend, we're all friends now. And that's that's what Broadway did. He made me feel so comfortable as soon as I got into Florida. And it was just, wasn't really sure. But then he kind of got me in your crew and we had a great time. Pierce, have you ever seen anything like what we saw in 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 Boston? Like, have you ever have you ever witnessed that? Where you just said it, big sexy. One of our boy Mike Morris, who is the most genuine, yeah. loving, 
big fella guy you'll ever meet. Looks like the big Bobo, the, <laughs> the big, big Lebowski. Lebowski. But better looking um, even. But but like he knew Jimmy well. He's 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 got two young boys. Our boy Broadway, two young boys. Um, they're both from Boston. Love and cherish their relationships with everyone in Boston. Have you ever seen like a, a group of people um, come together like you like we have for Broadway? No, never. I mean. <laughs> um, I didn't, you couldn't really tell how, uh, Jimmy was the mayor down there, <laughs> you know, like I had no idea I stopped in at that, uh, Erie pub yeah. and he's got two jerseys in there. Not one, two, right. <laughs> yeah. And like, I was kind of chatting the bartender and he was like, yeah, the, the Hayes family and especially Jimmy, like they come in and it's like it's a party. People want to go where they're going. So, I mean, we all were super lucky to know Jim. He, he, whether it's for five minutes or like us, where his years, he, uh, he changed us for the better and it's kind of too soon. Yeah. Well said Pierce. And when I, you know, when I think of you in Broadway, you know, I was, you know, I was at the end of my career and I was only with you guys for a month and a half, but I just, talk to me about being young, you and Broadway and Florida together. I, I would just talk to Uppy all the time when I was up. I'm like, these two guys, they remind me of a young me and you, right? Like you come to the rink, you snap it around, you're both young. Like how much more special was it to enjoy that with a guy like Broadway when you both are young and coming up together? Well, it's it started before that. He was in, we were in Chicago together, Rockford. Oh, that's right, that's right. That's and right. Uh, this, is, this is ultimate Broadway. So I think he was living with Ben Smith. And uh, Ben Smitty got called up and Broadway wasn't living with anyone. So he literally one day just showed up at our house. I was living with a couple other guys with a mattress and just threw it in the middle of our basement. No room, no door. And he just. The Broadway's moving in. Yeah. And he was still paying rent at the other place. He didn't even get out. He was just like, guys, I'm coming in. And, you know, Broadway, it's just like, all right, man, come on. Yeah. You can't say no. You're like, come on in Broadway. Yeah, but uh, no, Florida, and then especially going there, like we all lived close, but me and him carpooled every day, and yeah. uh, it was just, we'd always meet at Starbucks, whether he drove or I drove, and uh, you know, he plays hip-hop, and like, I'm not the biggest hip-hop guy, and every once in a while, I'd be like, Broadway, well, come on. <laughs> and But in his, uh, what is it, the Scratchmobile, what he got when he was scratched, yeah. He had like the back massagers, right? And he would just turn on the back massage. And be like, just get comfortable. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's like, great. You get to the rink and you're like, geez, do we have to play right now? I just got a 45 minute massage from oh, Fort Lauderdale all the way out to, all the way out <laughs> to sunrise. Like, like I need a nap. Um, Piers, talk about the time. We laughed about this the other day on text, but talk about the time we went to Scottsdale and no one loves Scottsdale more than Broadway. No. no one loved old town and like getting ready. <laughs> oh, hey, pup. <laughs> no, no one loves Scottsdale like a good Scottsdale trip where the boys got to go to Old Town, you know, go to what were a couple of the bars down there that we oh, used fuck, to make? Bottle Blonde. Bottle Blonde. Cake. Hey. cake. That one cake. Night. Oh, oh, a cake. Yeah, cake. So, yeah, cake is the hip hop club. Hazy loved it. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so we get down there and we get like a, you know, a Saturday night game where we all get to shoot in for a night out and then you get the day off and then you, you know, might travel the next day. Well, you always got that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, fuck, we got in shit the next day. <laughs> Tell the story where we all went golfing the next day. Yeah. Like we open it up and that's it. I, 
pretty sure it stays open late there, right? Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Three, at least three. At least. And it was like, I remember the sun's coming up, and then it's like 9 a.m. tea time. Whoever planned that. And, of course, it was like 110. And uh, the big fella, he must have had a heat stroke because <laughs> – some, I don't know where he got. He had a bucket hat, but he also had like your the towel they give you in the carts, and he would soak it in ice water and just put it over his head. But like his pale skin, he oh, he got roasted that way. It was it was amazing. So, but he grinded through. He was like, ah, this this is golf. We're gonna do it. Yeah, anytime to be with the boys, he'd bounce. So I re- I remember like we basically so we get out the night before. And then we have this, you know, we have this golf outing and I'm talking it to everybody. Like we all go golf, but Hazy got roasted. Like he was, he was like, Hazy FPS 50, buddy. His poor arms and the back of his neck and his ears were just completely fucking red lost. And he freckles, right? Oh, the Irish, the Irish skin. He'd be telling you at the tan. (laughs) (laughs) The next day of practice, like I get the, like Dale, like kind of grabs me and is like, the fuck are you guys doing like you didn't get one night of fun enough and i'm like what are you talking what are you talking about we're in scott still we don't even play today and he's like look at hazy he's fucking roasted he's burned he can't even, he can't even get so, him some aloe i'm like i know well fuck they didn't give the fucking they didn't give the sunscreen off the first tea box like i can't help that he got roasted it's uh, no but, know, but i did take the, the young guys who were just sitting there and then of course you'd get yelled at and we'd be like, Oh, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> yeah, totally. Then there's like, you know, there's Troach and Bugie and Huberto. They're just like, you know, fuck, are we getting in trouble for this? I'm like, guys, I'll take the it's fine. We're all yeah. we're all good. We're just golfing. We're boys on the road. So but anyway, that's just a Hazy loved being on the road. Hazy I mean, what we saw in Boston proved yeah, not doesn't prove to anyone. We all know, but Hazy's yeah. the ultimate glue guy. He's been the glue guy for us peers on this show, and um, you know, you got to you, you've known him forever. Uh, he loved doing missing curfew. He loved bringing you on to chat with us. He loved just talking about your one T from the half. Yeah, wall. anytime like he, we talk good style, because we like we, I'm like who's and he'd always bring up your, your style. I'm like, yeah, Pierce did have six style. Then he like sick release too. Um, Piers, the one thing you said to me at the wake of funeral, buddy, was, you know, you said, we got to keep this going for Broadway. And, uh, you know, I've had a tough time the last couple of weeks, but because of what you said, that's that's really made me keep going. So um, you're right, buddy. We got to keep this thing humming for Scoopsy. And uh, yeah, fuck no, you. He loved you, buddy. No, I, you guys will do it right. You guys, I could tell 10,000 people cared about him, but just knowing you guys, you guys will take care of him and do him right. There's there's no question in my mind and it's a hard time. And, uh, you know, you guys will make it work. Yeah. So, and I think that's what he would want to, because he Absolutely. was very proud of it. Talking to him just when you guys were getting going and he's very proud of what you guys are doing. And, you know, I, I listen and you know, it, it's all, it's sounding very natural and it's very fun to listen to. And, I enjoy listening to it. It's going to be different without him for sure, yeah. but yeah. I think you guys will you guys will find your way. Piers, you have to tell us what you sent me a text the other day, a picture text of Jimmy Scoops' hands when we are in West Point. And t- so tell the story because we're in f- fitness testing in West Point. We do the rope climb. Yeah, I was there. Boom, boom, boom. I was there. I was how like, did you the get f- up? How, how good did you get up that rope? Not very good, obviously. <laughs> climb the rope, right? So Jimmy Scoops fucking climbs this rope and fucking lo and behold, he gets no, to the no, top. No, no, no. There was two, and he was like, he was talking shit. He was like, I could beat you up there. I'm like 175 pounds. I'm like, Jim, 
Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we pulled so a rifle up and I'm beating him and everyone's obviously giving him shit, right? Because he was talking all the trash. And uh, and you had to go up and down. So I kind of like, I'm beating him pretty good. So I take my time down. He slides down and he absolutely mangled his fingers. Mangled. <laughs> like, a, like you have that picture, right? Yeah, you sent me the picture. I died laughing because vividly, I'm like, I remember him being like, <laughs> like the six foot six guy climb a rope. It's not like I didn't, yeah, I didn't think he'd be quick at all, really. And then his move for the longest time was spirit fingers and <laughs> damaged fingers. And this guy's doing training camp with blisters like crazy. But uh, so I send you that text a couple of days ago, and uh, I'm not kidding. Probably two minutes later, my father-in-law burnt the crap out of his fingers and call a coincidence, call whatever you want. Wow. I was like, Jimmy Scoops is getting the last laugh. He's getting the last laugh. He's somewhere because uh, he made the best of a bad situation at all times. And, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of wild. Incredible. It made me smile thinking about the big fella. That's incredible, man. He's always, listen, yeah. We're going to laugh sometimes when we see him. We're going to cry sometimes when we see him. But he's always going to be around us. The, the scoops, he's, he ain't going anywhere. This yeah. guy's, he's left such a lasting, great impression on so many people that so many people will be able to share daily. Um, you know, we love the guy. and Yeah. We appreciate it, buddy. And I, I, I thank you for what you said to me there at that time because it really clicked into me because I got to be honest, the last couple of weeks, I didn't know if I could keep her humming, really, but because uh, of guys like you, we will for sure. Um, he loved you. You were always talked about. Um, we love you, brother. It was great seeing you under the worst situations, and uh, uh, we'll keep this humming for Broadway, and uh, you're in our thoughts, and we love you, Piers. Yeah, love you too, guys. It's good to see you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Piers. Obi, Brandon Peary is one of Hazy's best boys and one of uh, one of my best teammates. I'm glad I got to see him and Hazy grow up, you know, young together, living the National League life in South Florida. Uh, always good things to say when you chat with Peary, and uh, uh, you can tell how much this has affected him. So, thanks to him for coming on. And uh, up next is one of our one of our best buddies and a guy from Boston. And uh, who do we got coming up? Yeah, we got a, we got a legend, um, one of our best buddies, like you said, um, a good BC boy, a guy that meant a lot to Broadway, Jimmy Hayes. I could just remember Broadway always being like how this Mac L always had stuff dialed and was always looking good and had good fashion. It was going out to restaurants in New York and had the best clubs lined up. So uh, our boy, Andy Mac, uh, thanks for joining us. Coming to us from the Chicken Box in Nantucket, Mac L. Hey boys, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm actually coming to you live from uh, one of Jimmy's favorite places, uh, Chicken Box. There's the back door. Oh, yeah. Broadway never waited in. Broadway never waited in line uh, anywhere, especially at this spot where uh, I think we all shared a bunch of great nights. Um, but yeah, I'm honored to be on. Um, honored to have gone out and spent a few days in Boston with you guys. Um, yeah, it's a powerful couple days, had an impact, I think, on on everybody. But I thought it was great for you guys to uh, see what the Boston community is like, meet the BC guys, you know, his his best friends, Paul Carey, uh, Eddie Shea, Chris Venti, the list goes on. His buddies from Nobles, Mikey Griffin, um, 
and then Anthony Aiello, the whole crew. Um, but yeah, so I, I know it had a big impact on you guys also. So yeah, no, Mackel, thank you. And um, you know, my intro, I was I was kind of half joking there, but that's how Broadway always thought about you, right? Like you know, Mackel was always looking sharp, always got me dialed in with everything. Um, and I just want to thank you, Mac, for for introducing me to some of his Boston teammates that you said and. Um, it's just fitting that you're at the chicken box because I know Broadway loved that spot, but, um, just that weekend in general, man, how powerful it was. You just touched on it, um, to see the, the city rally around them. Um, it, it was, it blew me away, Matt Yeah. I mean, I'm from, I'm from Milton where, uh, where Jimmy and Kristen live. Uh, they live around the corner from some of their best friends. Um, you know, Fainer, who I think you guys had on. Uh, the Aiello's, uh, Yans, there's a huge crew. So it was, I thought it was cool for you guys to see the communities that, that Jimmy touched, uh, Dorchester, Milton, uh, BC, um, the Boston hockey community. Um, you know, for, for me, as I, I was lucky to meet Jimmy when he was at BC uh, and kind of latch on to a younger generation mostly because my classmates all you know, got married and had a bunch of kids. So <laughs> we needed some young, young bucks to hang out with. Um, and he welcomed me in with open arms. Um, but at that, you know, that Sunday night, you know, I would call it a celebration. You know, there was generations of Boston hockey, um, everyone from Chris O'Sullivan uh, to, you know, huge crew by Shaddy, support from you know our arch rivals at BU and then really strong effort from you know other NHLers from all over the league that that made the effort to to fly into Boston um I think one you know there it was uh, pretty heavy on all of us uh, and when we were driving from what was a very very tough service in Dorchester um I just want to point out just what an amazing job Kevin Kristen did how strong they were certainly a lot stronger than than we all were when we got into the bus yeah. and as we're driving to the funeral um you know the, the kids are from Dorchester Milton all the surrounding uh youth hockey programs are raising their stick and it was pin drop quiet in that bus except for you know some sniffles and then Sarah Sabota chimes in and she's like, Jesus Christ, I need to make some life changes. <laughs> I don't know if I could get half the people to fill the barn, that, that church. Yeah, that was great. She's like, I got to make some life changes. No way I could sell to a church if I died tomorrow. I was like, Sarah, me too. You're right. We got we to make some adjustments. Mackel, I'm glad you're here right now to articulate to um, you know many of our listeners and, and people who follow us on just the impact that that day was and the people that were super close to Jimmy, his Boston College uh, buddies and teammates and and close friends, you know Tony, who you introduced me to and had beers with in London. Um, there was one thing that you sent me the day that Jimmy Hayes got got traded to the Florida Panthers, and I want you to tell our listeners what it was. But it was something that that really brought me into that community you have in Boston, and I know you know this because we cried over it one night in Aspen the last week, but. Uh, it just is to me, it's, it's the family atmosphere that you guys have in Boston and that, that Obi saw and that everyone around, you know, that got to listen to Kevin speak, uh, the eulogy online and whatnot. But what, what did you text me, brother? Yeah. I mean, I just said, Hey, 
I got a boy from Boston boy, BC. Uh, he's coming down. To, he's taking his talents down to <laughs> South Beach and take good care of him. Uh, he needed a, a veteran uh, mentor from Western Western Canada to take under his wing and that he'd be a good wingman for you. You definitely did, buddy. You sent me that message. I remember you looking at me and you go, do you remember when you sent me the message that you got a kid from Dorchester coming down and he's a, he's a great kid, unreal family. You're going to love this kid. Take him under your wing. I'm just, I, you shared that with me the other day, bro. And I was like, fuck man, that's, that's exactly what it was. It's exactly what his wedding was. And fuck, did we have a time there? We almost lit the fucking yeah. place on fire. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there was a couple things that stood out, like common threads from people's words, um, you know, at uh, at the service and just the stories that we all shared, um, you know, in the time that we were in Boston and the time that's passed since. Uh, one of them is like, Jimmy always wanted to make sure that everybody had a good time. And that wedding, like, that was the pinnacle for him. Like not only, you know, marrying Kristen, but getting all of these people in one room. And then for fuck's sake, I don't know how we fit everybody in one room at what I thought it was like a project X party where Jimbo (laughs) was just dancing on, on the kitchen counter. And I remember him singing Mr. Brightside. He grabbed the kitchen, uh, kitchen sink hose using it as a microphone except he had, but he was just blasting the water everywhere. And, <laughs> and we have some just unreal photos. Like it looked like, the, I don't know who, I, I don't know who was responsible for that security deposit, but I, hopefully uh, big sexy was lead counsel on terror <laughs> negotiations. Cause the, the place almost went down right to the studs. Yeah. If you had a dehumidifier business, you did pretty well after that, trying to air out all the water that was in the kitchen. <laughs> But even even after in the aftermath of that, he was just so fired up that he could like throw throw a party like that. You know, it was all in his honor. And I mean, um, but he was just so excited to have everybody, you know, in that in, at that after party. He was probably thrilled that the house almost came down. That was, yeah, that wedding looked like a shaker beyond shakers. Mackel, we had Mark Fain on, who's really tight with Jimmy and has spent a lot of time with them, golfing with them, you know, spending time with their families and kids and Trish and Kristen. And uh, I couldn't help but laugh at, you know, you know, the the Heinz family throwing the little little pool day after shaker for Jimmy after the wedding. And and vividly, I remember seeing like, and you have the photo, but it says the 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 Heinz like bar. Yeah, the right? Heinz Inn. Yeah, the Heinz. Heinz in. The Heinz Inn. So it's the Heinz family in uh, basically in the Cape. They they have a beautiful property, and and God bless their family. They're amazing, and uh, you know they have this party, and and there's this sign there, right? And it's pretty high up. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, Mackel, we got to change this Heinz to Haze. This has got to be the Haze Inn today. So we. <laughs> We climb up and we do the little A instead of the I or the Y and and we create this this haze in for the day. And we just had this epic pool party. Um, yeah. you know, and just And there's the, an there's an epic photo that you know you guys can share. I have it with him just with his arms outstretched right under the the new sign, the edited sign. I'm sure Big John Hines is, will be happy to know that we took good care of his house and we eventually took down the haze in. <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. Well, yeah, Mackel, um, listen, buddy, broad, Broadway, he always did, looked. There's, looked, one, other, there's yeah. one other story I do want to share because yeah, it was another, 
you know, another anecdote about Jimmy and everyone seemed to talk about how Jimmy had this ability and willingness to talk to anybody and everybody, um, you know, at any time, regardless of who they were or where they were from. And there was a time we were all out in Nantucket a couple of years ago and I brought a couple of friends over, uh, two guys and, and the two guys had been dating for a couple of years. I, I didn't necessarily think that I needed to give Jimmy the heads up because it, it, it was, they made it clear and they kept, so they got Jimmy's ear about going whale watching and Jimmy's like, dude, I fucking love whales. I, I watch National Geographic all the time. And so they get this guy and they get big Jimmy's ear and they've probably never met somebody, certainly not from like, like Jimmy. Um, and so he comes over and he's like, he's like, dude, Mackel, he's like, these guys are asking me to go whale watching tomorrow morning, but I don't think they're talking about going whale watching. If you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, he, uh, he went whale watching, didn't he? Uh, he ended up going whale watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Michael, I want to thank you for, for me personally, brother. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, buddy, you've been, you've been there for me and I'll be in, um, you know, the other night, you know, that ball of whiskey, we, we weren't going to let it win, but, um, you meant a lot to him. You mean a lot to us, buddy. Um, and the whole Boston experience we went through, you know, going after, you know, really blew me away. So you're lucky where you came from. Uh, and thank you for doing this buddy. And, and you're a legend, Matt. Go. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to seeing what, how you guys can carry on his legacy. And I'm excited to be part of, um, whatever you guys decide to do. I'm sure we can rally a huge crew from Boston and the chicken box to do it. Yeah, go in there and have a pint. Yeah. Go in there and have a pint for <laughs> old for, for old Broadway because that's that's exactly what he'd be wanting us to do. That's Broadway's corner. Yeah, we have a little glass of wine here in his honor. But yeah. Mackel, thanks for having us yeah. and enjoy the rest of your trip in Nantucket, buddy. We thanks, Mackel. Yeah. Love you. All right, Thank thanks, you, boys. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Up dog, one of our boys for a long, long time. Uh, Andy Mack, Mackel, BC legend. Um, Broadway always looked up to him. Just how. You know, dialed Mackel was in New York City with the restaurants and the clubs. He's like, this fucking Mackel guy, he's got everything dialed all the time. So um, thank you to Mackel. And speaking of another guy who's always got stuff dialed, we got a, a legit national leaguer here that uh, that Broadway loved, and we definitely know he loved Broadway. Dialed and always looks fresh and looks good. Always. And Frosty, our boy Frosty, and this is something we us three guys have in common. We, we treat this guy, Chris Capetto, uh, he, we put him up at the up, utmost of human beings. He's, He's one the of the best. best. So uh, without further ado, thank you, PK Subban, for jumping on with the boys. We know you're traveling. Um, Jimmy Hayes meant a lot to you, uh, which is why you showed up in Dorchester, which is why you, you speak so highly of the Hayes family. But thanks for coming on Missing Curfew. We appreciate it. Can you share a little bit about uh, you know the week you spent in Dorchester? You did a lot with the kids in the, in the hockey rink, but thanks for coming on, PK. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, Jimmy meant a lot to a lot of people, but I think, you know, in hockey, it's like a brotherhood, right? Like we all care about each other, especially when you played the game, um, and you're in that circle. Jimmy just happened to be a guy that I got to know at a very young age, his family. Um, you know, and now I have a ton of friends in Boston, people that I actually consider family really that live in Boston, but that's kind of where it started for me. And, uh, I'll tell the story, but, um, you know, Jimmy was obviously a well-liked guy. And, uh, you know, for me personally, for a lot of the kids watching or, 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 or hockey players that are watching that may be playing at a pro level, you know, to see a guy around your age, right? Jimmy's my age. 
Um, and to see someone go that soon, it just, it opens up your eyes. It should touch everyone. It should definitely touch every guy that's 31 or an 89 birth, you know, that's playing hockey right now to see a guy go that, that young. It just opened up my eyes to just making sure that every day you're living, you know, to the best of your ability and you're enjoying it. Um, but with Jimmy, <laughs> I love this story because it really, it has nothing to do with me, which is amazing, which makes it 10 times better. <laughs> but when I, I had, uh, I had known the Hayes family since I was about six or seven years old. So the Boston Iceman, and I know that you guys had, uh, Cam Atkinson on and they were talking about that a little bit, but, um, the Boston Iceman, you come up to Toronto for travel tournaments. And I remember at, at that age, I was about eight or nine, um, when I started playing with them. And uh, he came up with his dad, and they'd always come up and grab, like, all the, the top players, the best players that they could to jump on this team. And we would just literally annihilate everybody. Like, it was it – was I don't think we lost a game with the Boston <laughs> Iceman every time they came up to Toronto. And, you know, Kevin Hayes, Jimmy's dad, big Kevin, was kind of the mastermind behind the whole thing, putting the team together. But there just happened to be this, like, the first time that Jimmy – had come to my house. Remember, keep in mind, Jimmy's seven, we're seven, eight years old at this time, right? So everybody loves to talk about Jimmy in the NHL, but this is my favorite story because this is like before anybody probably really even knew Jimmy, before I even really knew him. And he comes to my house in Etobicoke. His dad comes over because we were playing an afternoon game and the dad was going to drop Jimmy off at our house and then we were going to go to the game together. And Jimmy had like half gear on. And I'll, I'll never forget this. My mom telling me the story. So I wasn't, I didn't answer the door. My mom and dad answered the door. So big Kevin walks up, Jimmy walks up with them. They ring the doorbell. My mom opens the door and Jimmy, and you know, everybody talks about his dance and how bad his dancing is. He does this, this dookie shuffle, like at the front door. And he's like, Mrs. Subban, like doing this dookie shuffle. And my mom, like, I remember this. Now I, I go back a few weeks ago and that's how my parents remember Jimmy. That's how they remember him. Because when I told my parents the news, you know, before it all came out, I kind of knew about it about 7 a.m. I was on my way to the gym and I got the news and then it came out about 12 or one o'clock. And the first call that I made was to call my mom. And I told her, I said, I said, mom, uh, do you remember Jimmy Hayes? And she goes, she goes, yeah, that's the kid that did the dance at the front. Door. Like she remembered that from 20 years. And she goes, isn't that the kid? I go, he's from Boston. She goes, yeah, I remember he was doing the dance with his dad in front of the door. And I'm like, yes, mom, that's him. And I, I obviously I broke the news to her. And, and um, you know, my parents were, were, uh, were, were pretty taken by that. Um, you know, when I got to Boston, when I flew in, I flew in on the Saturday. And I got to spend about three and a half, four hours with Big Kevin at uh, Erie pub and, you know, my closest friend, Chris O'Sullivan, who was born and raised in Dorchester, you know, one of the, the first guys to really make it out of Dorchester and, and play pro hockey. Um, I flew in with, uh, flew in to see him and, and we ended up bumping into big cab and we spent about three or four hours and I was actually able to FaceTime my dad and he and big cab spoke for a little bit. And, um, you know, it's just, it's really, really tough. And when I look at that story, I'm just, I'm happy that, I was able to have a moment with him earlier on in my career. You know, it sucks. We never got to play together in the NHL, but obviously I know Jimmy and his dad and, and Kev really, really well. And they're such a great family. And um, I got to tell you, I was so taken back by the funeral and the service. It was amazing for anybody who wasn't there, who wonders of what it was like. It was beautiful. It was so well done. 
Um, it was painful to watch, I'm sure, for all of us. But to see the support, it was it was amazing. So that's my story about Jim. Yeah, PK, um, well said as always, buddy. Um, the, the, I was blown away with with you know the way the city rallied around him in Dorchester yeah. and all the little kids with the sticks and the the painted rocks outside of the, the hall afterwards. And um, you know you do a lot of great things for hockey on and off the ice, buddy. So keep that going and. Uh, we appreciate you coming on here and, and saying what you had to say. And uh, it's a tough time. And uh, Broadway will be up there watching you snap it around and doing your spinoramas and all that fun stuff. But uh, keep building the game, buddy, because you're great for hockey on and off the ice, PK. Well, well, thank you. And you guys are too. I know that, you know, there's a couple of the boys now doing podcasts. You know, for me, it's you guys and Spitting Chicklets that are doing it, doing it well. And you guys are coming on strong. So, you know, I, you guys got my support. Anytime you're around, I'd love to jump back on and support you guys. But keep up the good work. People don't understand how difficult this is to do what you guys do every day. Like, it's not easy to yeah. sit here. And you guys you guys crush it, man. So keep it going. And uh, we're all thinking of Jimmy for sure. Thanks, PK. Well Stay said. healthy. Okay. Say hi to Frosty for us, buddy. And have a good year, my yes. man. Yes. Okay. All right. Thanks, boys. All, all right, right, PK. Later. See you, brother. Obi, I'd like to send a special thanks to PK Subban traveling right now at the Pearson Airport. With sick his, hat. <laughs> look at his sick hat. Fuck is that NHL? That is promoting the game. That's all tickets And that's there. coming on to share a little love on 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 the Hayes behalf and the missing curfew half. But so so thank you, PK. You're a legend. Keep doing what you're doing for the game of hockey. It's incredible. Uh, and good luck this season. Without further ado, one of our best, best friends. Wow. Uh, Where do you even start? So with thankful this guy? that this guy's coming on the pod to uh to share some stories and share some love and the guy's always got a smile on it must be something out in boston god i just remember i just remember mac l said uh i got a buddy named mike morris you guys are going to really get along and uh wow was mac l's mac l's a lot of, uh, right about a lot of things but that was certainly right uh <laughs> big sexy we call him. On that one. um thanks for joining us buddy um first of all thank you for you know, hooking up the hotel rooms and taking care of the transportation uh, and just being there for us uh, through the course of the weekend in Boston because, um, you know, it was a tough time. And without you helping us out with that, for me and Updog, um, you know, it would have been even tougher. But um, I love you, buddy. I've loved you from the day I met you. And the, the love and support that I saw in Boston and Dorchester, it, 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 it's it's thrown me. I've talked to Uppy about it for the last couple of weeks. I've I've spent time there with you and Berard and Maddie and Mac and obviously played against the Bees, but um, just talk about that city of Dorchester and Boston coming around, good or bad, man. It's pretty special. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love you too, Shane, and you too, Updog. I wish there were four of us here today. Uh, but Boston is is an insanely special place, and, and, and I thought I was the king of it until I met Jimmy Hayes. Um, <laughs> um, you know, Jimmy's considerably younger than I. I've actually met him with you, Updog, in Florida. You got to spend a lot more time with him uh, in Boston. But my mom's from Dorchester. She's the oldest of six. They came. She came from Ireland, and Dorchester holds an incredibly special place in my family's life. I was raised in the suburbs, and if you're not from Dorchester – you're not from Dorchester, but I got to spend a lot of time there growing up. Uh, I baptized my kids at, at St. Margaret's Church there, which is where my parents were born, uh, married and where all my grandparents are buried from. It's like families live in those neighborhoods for a long time. They're divided by parish, not by street. Uh, so you ask someone what where they're from and they might say St. Anne's. Yeah. Uh, it's an incredibly special place. And I think you saw it with those, with those young pe people and the students and how many people turned out to support the Hayes family. Um, 
Boston's a really unique place, and in Dorchester is even more unique than than the city itself. And uh, and nobody was was more beloved than Jimmy. I mean, I, over the last couple of weeks, I've you know I've kind of saying that Jimmy was Boston's native son. Um, there was you know very few people make it to the NHL, even fewer from Boston, and only a couple from that neighborhood. Um, and it wasn't the hockey that made him so special. It was it was just kind of who who he was, and hockey gave him a platform to to be big and goofy to a whole lot more people. Big sexy, bring me back to when we first uh, had you in South Florida. You were down there seeing your boy from the Red Sox, and you got to meet young Jimmy Hayes. Bring me back to what what it was like to meet a young, you know, a young brother from from Boston, and just like your first impressions of Jimmy and what he meant on you. Yeah, I mean, I, Jimmy was a a bit younger than I, almost ten years, and, and so <laughs> I, I actually met him. I think for the first time with you on, on Las Olas, maybe. Maybe the elbow room or the, or the place next door upstairs, the elbow room with those nice fire pits going. And I think Kristen was down that weekend and, and maybe a couple of his sisters. And I mean, we, we, we caught on like we were like we were old friends because that's just how Jimmy was. Um, you know, I think we probably stayed up way too late because both Florida and you do that to people. Uh, <laughs> Try playing but, hockey but from, there. But, well said. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Jimmy was a larger than life character. I knew who he was, you know, you know, as a hockey fan, uh, I didn't play hockey, but certainly a hockey fan and, and, and a friend of yours, uh, and a friend of some other guys from Boston who, who had played hockey along the way. And Jimmy lived up to every, every bit of what I thought he was. He was funny. He was kind. Um, he was empathetic. He was, uh, you know, he was in love with rap music and flat brim hats and, <laughs> and, and all the cool stuff, uh, city kids are city kids are in love with. So, I, I was easy to fall in love with Jimmy. It was like meeting meeting a long lost friend from home. Yeah, and you know what? When I think of Broadway, I, I just think of him in the dress room and as a hockey player. And, and you know, as a dad, it's really hit up dog because of you know Uppy's dad now with Izzy. And you know, I see some cool pictures of of Broadway with Wilder. And I, I know you spent a lot of time with Hazy. So I guess just as a dad, man, how it's, it's starting to hit me more now of, of how good of a dad he was, and that's what his life was all about more than just Broadway, the hockey player, as, as I envisioned him before this tragedy. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there's not much to say about, about how, how heartbroken we all are that his two little boys don't get to get more time with, with the guy who Jimmy was the dad who Jimmy was, you know, before he died, we spent a little time uh, down in Nantucket and Kristen and, and Bo came over and, uh, our kids weren't sleeping. You know, we were just kind of a little stressed around our house and, you know, he came in and, and watching him as a dad and watching him with my son, actually, you know, it gave me a little bit of a, of a check. Uh, it gave me a lot more energy, a little wind in my sails that, you know, no matter what's going on, he, he found a way to be positive and, and he was so full of life. My kid absolutely adored him. Uh, he was out in the yard hitting golf balls. He was in, in the, in the little kiddie pool with the kids, and, uh, playing catch and doing, doing silly dances. Um, he gave it's a lesson that now that he's gone, I've thought about every day since about how I can approach being a dad, um, how I approached you know, my, We have children the exact same age. I mean, they were born just months apart, both of them. Um, how I approach my interactions with my kids is up to me. And I think about him every day when I, when I go to see my kids in the morning and when I put them down at night, that it's up to me how those kids are going to remember me. Hopefully when I'm gone in 50 years from now. 100 years. Hundred years, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big, big, big sexy. I, I said, me and Obi did a little, a little thing for him at the beginning of this show before we brought some of his friends on, like you. That 
that I, I thought I had him under my wing as I, as I played as a player, but as a dad, he had me under his wing and, uh, it's, it's crazy. Cause it's a new, it's a new adventure. And the guy just, the guy loved it. The guy embraced it. You know, we're in this adventure, um, Obi and I and, and Hazy, um, doing things that are unknown for us and that are new. And, and, you know, we bounce ideas off us, we bounce struggles and all this stuff. And, and being a dad, man, he was just, uh, he wrote me that message saying like, up dog, you're going to be a great dad. Right. And I was like, fuck, that's like the, it's the best thing your younger brother could, could write you. So, um, I, I, and I look back, I've seen this fucking green Hulk poster behind your head. (laughs) And I look back at the Pearl Jam show at Fenway where I don't know how many fucking people we had in the suite. We had this, the suite gave us 14 tickets. We put 44 people in there and Hazy, Hazy was one <laughs> of them. And Hazy was one of them. And God bless uh, that night in Boston, Eddie Vedder fucking singing his lungs off and us being there, Frosty, Moods, Obi, yeah. Thor, you know, Loops, the fucking Beast, Maddie, you, Hazy. I mean, I, I, those are the moments I look back now and I go, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm in, integrated into this Boston community. You guys are soulful people. You care about everyone. You treat each other like your family and fuck man. You, you're big, sexy. You're, yeah. you're the man, buddy. You're, we love, yeah. we love you around this house guys too. Yeah. And, you you know, the last a, thing I'll say about being from Boston yeah. is, is people don't just love you because you play sport. You got to earn it. Like yeah. and Jimmy earned, earned every accolade and, 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 all of the love uh, that's been shown to that family for the last week. And, and hopefully we'll keep going because he earned it every day. He was just the nicest guy. He was so kind to people. You, you made a big impression on him. Um, big sexy, like you do on everyone. Like you've done on my girlfriend. I met you for two weekends. That still talks about you. But the one funny thing was we had the aura rings. Who's one of our sponsors who up dog hooked up and uh, Broadway was all fired up to get the aura ring. He's like, I've been taking care of myself. I've been working out. I've been, and then you guys were in Nantucket that weekend. So I knew the podcast was coming up, and I knew he – so I'm like, Big uh, Broadway, how's, uh, how's those Aura Rings uh, numbers this week? He's like, not very good when you're in Nantucket with Big Sexy. I'm like, I know, I know. The big boy could take it out of anyone. Don't worry, buddy. Yeah, we shook it up pretty good. We hit all the hots. We, I, one of the last best nights I had with him was at the Chicken Box. Uh, just doing what you do at the Chicken Box, yeah. which is a special place to a lot of our friends. And, you know, But the, the best part of that trip was we went out to the ocean – like at like four o'clock and just kind of sat there and just talked about being dads. Yeah. And he, you know, we talked about how our partners, my wife, Whitney and, and his wife, Kristen are just so amazing that you couldn't imagine. We couldn't imagine doing this thing. Cause it's so hard with anybody else. Um, and that's those, those that, that 48 hours I got with him. I, I took so much from it and I'll cherish just that bit of it the, forever. I mean, um, he was so so in love with Kristen and his boys, and, yeah. and and was just getting to the best chapter of his life. Even even though he played professional sports, I think <laughs> I he was most excited about being a dad. Yeah, well said. Big sexy. Um, we're we here at Missing Curfew. Everyone involved with with Jimmy and his family and Chris and Kevin Senior and all the boys. We're gonna do something special. We don't yeah. know what it is yet. We're we're spitting ideas. You're gonna be part of it. You're gonna be. You've always big been. Part of it. You've always been a big part of our lives and setting up things and and you know it's the lawyer and you the background that that organizes everything. But you're gonna be a big part of doing something special for Jimmy down the road and carrying on his legacy. So thank you for coming. I'll do on. anything for you guys and Jimmy, even yeah. a rap show. <laughs> even a rap show. Thank you for coming on. It yeah. means a lot. You're uh, you're a special person in a lot of our. A lot of our lives, buddy, you and Wit and the kids. And, uh, you know, I can't thank you enough for coming on, bud. 
Thank you, buddy. Good boys. I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right. You betcha. See you, buddy. Thanks. See you, Bills. Now we'd like to turn it over to a special message from one of Jimmy's favorite teammates, Patrick Kane. Patty recorded this and sent it over, so we wanted to make sure we included it in the show. Here's Kaner. Hey, guys. What's going on? Um, I know you got the uh, tribute for Jimmy coming out tomorrow, so just wanted to give you a quick little video here. Um, you know, obviously, Jimmy was... Uh, uh, as I said in my tweet, one of my favorite teammates ever. And that was only through, you know, pretty much two years of playing together. So um, shows kind of the impact he left on me. I know he probably had that same impact on a lot of other players too. Um, just, you know, super funny guy, fun to be around. He was like a big goof. And um, I think we just kind of enjoyed each other's humor. Um, I know he, he told that story on the show about me telling him not to block the shot and take a minus, but, um, that was the, that was the kind of stuff that was just, you know, happening every day, um, with us, uh, just always those like subtle little chirps and, uh, um, it was nonstop with him and, uh, really enjoyed being around him. Um, obviously crazy to think that he's gone now, um, you know, feel for, for the Hayes family and obviously his family and and his kids and his wife um it's just uh it's just so sad and unfortunate um such a great man such a great guy to be around and uh the hockey world and the world in general lost someone special but um he was definitely the kind of guy that left a, a huge impact on you whenever you met him and um you know I'll never forget my times that I spent with him and just really enjoyed being around him anytime I got the chance. So uh, rest in peace, Jimmy. That was really cool. Well said, Patty. We received another heartfelt message we wanted to include in this show. One from our partner at DraftKings. Shannon Moen is the influencer marketing specialist and in fact close with the Hayes family and has been part of our dialogue with Jimmy and our team since the partnership began several months ago. The missing curfew calls were something we looked forward to as a team. Broadway, always on time and ready to roll. Always excited to get involved with any project we asked him to. He was the type of partner everyone wishes they got to work with. Someone kind, excited, and reliable. In moments of loss, words are useless. No one can prepare you for that. It's been an honor to work with him, get to know him, and watch the team grow as a whole. Our condolences go out to Kristen, the boys, the entire Hayes family, and our dear friends at Missing Curfew. Uh, up dog. Um, first of all, thanks to fucking Hall Pass Media, A-Hall, Bing, Maxie's not here. Uh, I know he's hurting. Uh, Princey, everyone at Missing Curfew, It's it's been a hard couple weeks. To the people that came on, all our guests, ex-teammates, friends, thank you so much. Uh, up dog, you got a few more things that uh, some people have said about our boy Scoopsy. Yeah, I'd, Ovi, I'd, I mentioned this. Um, I mentioned this a couple times over the last few weeks, but we've been outpoured with messages from fans and from fellow players, friends, uh, people we don't know, but people that this touched, right? Yeah. People that people that are, can relate to to missing curfew. They feel like they're in the locker room when things are going tough. They feel like. This is their uplifting Thursday morning coffee and, and ride to work, listening to you, me, and Hazy fucking shoot the shit. 
And some of these messages I'd like to just acknowledge because it just shares on what, what Jimmy has touched on and what the, the messages, you know, and the laughter Jimmy's brought some guys, but you know, this one, this one is, is a guy, David Peterson, uh, a listener every week. He said, the photo here up dog is from a few months ago, back at a golf outing for a hockey player in Massachusetts who broke his neck and is now paralyzed. When I saw Jimmy, I had just started listening to the missing curfew podcast and I saw him and said, Broadway, I love the pod. Can I get a photo? He responded and said, sure thing. At the time, I thought he was just being a nice guy who didn't want to be rude. With his passing, I've learned he genuinely wanted to take the picture and please anyone who was just a fan. I'm a kid from Boston who's a senior in college. My hockey dreams are coming to an end. Just like, and just like a lot of guys, fuck, our, our hockey dreams came to an end too. But, <laughs> uh, but today was the first time I skated in months, and all I can say is I thought of him the whole time, joking with the boys in the locker room because I was never the best player, but fuck, I relate to Jimmy as being a locker room guy and always keeping the mood high in the room. I hope you and Obes keep the podcast going with Jimmy in your hearts because I don't think there's anything he would want more. Uh, and then a couple other that Princey got. Princey's I'll try to read this one. I'll try to read the one Phil Byrne from Dorchester because I like you guys realized throughout this whole podcast. I mean, you know, the, the impact that it had on me going there. Gents, I'm a Dorchester guy. Older than the Hayes boys, but I want to thank you for coming here for the service. Every second of it was heartbreaking and tragic, but you got to see what Jimmy meant to the neighborhood and hopefully what the neighborhood, mean, the neighborhood means to the Hayes family and friends. I wish you were here under better circumstances, but I'm glad you got to see our neighborhood come together like it always has to mourn or in better times celebrate. If you ever make it back, cocktails on us. Cheers, Phil. This is a guy who hit me up, Brian Kolb. Hey, brother, just wanted to say that I'm really looking forward to hearing you and Obes get back at it when you're ready. I knew Jimmy. I was lucky enough to spend some time with him in Martha's Vineyard and play some golf with a lot of his close buddies. I also have two young boys and have gotten through a divorce recently where podcast, specifically yours, has allowed me to escape reality and become and be able to laugh when I didn't think it was possible. My heart goes out to you and Shane and the rest of the Missing Curfew crew. Brian, those messages like that are, I can't tell you what, how much that means and, and what that is, you know, this is why we do this. This is why Obi and I sit here every day and Jimmy and, and why we thought that this would be great is we touch guys like you. Uh, who can affect you know their young kids and hopefully young kids relate to some of the things we did and we lived a dream and and this sort of thing is what what I think Jimmy wanted to yeah with this and I'll, I'll read this other one Scott Gorgon I think that's how you say it I wish Broadway was here to help me with the fucking name uh, <laughs> thank you for the, thank you for all that you do hope you Scotty and Shane this is to Princey thanks to you Scotty and Shane are all hanging in there the best that you can. We are all beyond heartbroken to hear the news about Jimmy. This podcast has brought so many smiles and laughs to my life during a really dark time with everything that has been going on in this world. Listening to all of you has been such a bright light each week. When we heard the news of Jimmy passing, it was so heartbreaking. I never met him, but in this wild time of podcasting, you feel like you get to know someone. I can't imagine how his close friends and family are doing. It's, he seemed like such an incredible human that brought life, laughter, and positivity into every situation. I just want to say thank you for all that you and Missing Curfew have done. We need more smiles and laughter in the world, and you guys are doing that. Take care, and I will do my best to try to live my life like Jimmy did. 
being the bright light in every room. Well said, Oves. P. Stokes, boys, I'm sorry for your loss. It's honestly heartbreaking, so I can't imagine how you're feeling as best pals. As listeners, I know we'll miss Broadway's takes and insider scoops. I loved hearing him from across the country and how he's up big or down bad on the gambling front. His laugh was contagious, and I would catch myself smiling every time he laughed. The pod helped me get through some long drives and tough times. I just wanted to offer my condolences to you boys and, his, and of course, his family, Kristen, and his friends. Take care and stay strong, fellas. And Broadway, may you rest happily and in peace, brother. <sighs> Up dog, I was trying to think like... Like what? Um, what would we take from this? You know, like how could we ever? And I think it is that, as much as we don't know what we're doing about this podcast, and you know how we were trying to figure it out, and and you know life's stressful sometimes, and you got a beautiful baby girl, and you know we're trying to do other things, and um, I think the fact that the way Jimmy touched people and the way that we've touched people, I mean, I think that's what it's all about, fella. Um. You know, are we going to miss Broadway every single day? But he touched so many people, and I think that's what we got to continue to do, buddy. Um, so, yeah, I think from this is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. To have you by my side has made it a little bit easier. Hey, Hall, the boys. Um, we got to keep it humming. Yeah. We have to... Uh we got to live each day, and I think, I think everyone would attest to this. We got to live each day like it could be our last, yeah. and we got to share moments and share laughter and share love with our family and our friends and our and our kids. And and man, it's this sort of thing is never easy. So, like you just said, I love you, buddy. This yeah, has been the hardest you, thing I've had to do, and I know a lot of people out there struggle in times and try to find answers to things that aren't really answer or don't really have answers yeah. for and and uh the only answer is to to share love and be there for your buddy and be a very caring genuine funny accept criticism give <laughs> criticism fucking just live every day like it could be your last and uh, I'm proud to be part of this team, Obes. You're the man. Yeah. And Broadway, we love you, bud. Yeah, buddy. And to the Hayes family again, we're sorry for your loss, Kristen. Uh, it's a tough one. Scoopsy, rest in peace. Love you. Take the game with him, cause he defines the word. The one who puts the G in it. Who you think put me in it? I'm feeling like my whole world is blinded. Wondering why, crying, pouring out my heart, pouring out liquor behind it. We fought like brothers, something we never should do. We could have used time spent arguing, telling the truth. He had talent too. I had plans of watching him blow. Don't know what hurts more, seeing him leave or watching him go.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 